We have an exercise today that PJ Zuko is my favorite kind of exercise because PJ has zero idea what's about to happen. And you get to play along in the car with PJ. Fun stuff. Right off the bat? Right off the bat. Oh, wow. Okay. Even more fun. So are you excited? <clears throat> uh, sure. You don't seem excited. Uh, you know how my day has gone, man. It's, uh, it's, I'm excited. I'm excited for that. I'm sure it's going to be fun. It's going to be more fun than okay. past six hours have been. All right. We're going <laughs> to. Let's gonna, do this thing. Let's, let's. That's how we sell it right there, PJ. And I, I love to hear that. All right. So I'm going to slowly turn my computer screen away from PJ so he can't see it. In fact, I'm just going to bring it. All right. Do you want me to just look straight ahead? Up the and old, over The old here. honor system. Thank you. There we go. All right. So what we have on store today, PJ, is we're going to figure out who's going to win the SEC championship. Okay. All right. Yeah, we and can do that. There's a lot of different ways you can do that. You can talk about the players that are coming back. You can kind of just pontificate. Or you can go with facts. Sure. And you can Those let, are normally the best. You can let, you can let facts yeah. and you can let blind study lead you where you need to go. Now, we do have a couple of seeds that just because there's 14 teams in the SEC, they're going to have to get a buy. I have selected randomly which teams will receive that buy. Okay. All right. Interesting enough. So it's not Alabama and Georgia. Yeah, no. Or it could be. It could be, but it was selected randomly. And the criteria that I'm going to give you uh, it'll be more fun if you just find out what it is without me telling you. <laughs> so, the criteria that I'm going to give you, we're just going to start. It's going to be head-to-head -head matchups between the two teams, and you're just going to have to pick a winner. Okay, I like that. Cool with that? Yeah, no, I like that quite All a right, bit. Quit yelling at me. Oh, this, uh, this is a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be some sort of quiz. No, you don't have to. No, there's no quiz. This is all opinion-based. And fact-based. Even better. Fact-based. Fact well, based. here's a little insight for, for everyone that uh, is listening. I am not the one person at SCC Media Days that voted for Vanderbilt. Well, so it could be me. You never know. Well, well, we'll see, I guess, at the end of this exercise. We'll figure that out. So we're going to go through. We have, we're going to start in the first round with 12 out of the 14. Mm -hmm. We're going to work our way down from there. The other two will come into effect in the next round. I'm looking forward to seeing who, who got the buys. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that at the end. So, again, we're going to determine who the SEC champion is here. All right, team number one is originally a private liberal arts school affiliated with the Methodist Episcopal Church of the South. They've graduated six astronauts. I'm just trying to give you their, their just dues. They own and operate their own airport, which is horrifying. And their notable alumni include Tim Cook, who is the CEO of Apple, Jimmy Buffett, Important note here, he did not graduate. And Lionel Richie. Okay. So that's school one. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. School right. two, who's going head to head of school one, uh, they discovered vitamin E. The wide read barcode was invented there and adopted by the United States Postal Service in 1989. This is a very strong scientific school. Not strong and scientific enough to move spoofer stone which was being hauled across campus in a cart until the cart broke and they just said yeah we'll leave it 
<laughs> so now it's become a landmark. Forget uh, about it. And then famous alumni include Pat Summerall, John Daly, and one of my favorite directors, Nick Pizzolatto, who uh, directed True Detective. Gotcha. Gotcha. So we need a winner between Team 1 um, and Team 2. I, I, I know who this is amazing. I... I know who Team 2 is because of John Daly. Do you? Yes. I think you'd be surprised. Really? Yeah. No, I'm pretty sure I know who Team I 2 is. I think you'd be surprised. Okay, maybe I don't. Um, all I'm saying is, oh, man, there, there's there's plenty going on there at School 1. They have six astronauts. They uh, That's the thing. They have an insane amount of successful people that have gone there and graduated and, and you started listing off all the different things they, they stand for and whatever that, that you can do there. Uh, that that's very, very diverse in that sense. Um, I, I think, you know, the, the two things that stick out to me about school too, are the fact that John Daly went there and, and I mean, that's, that's incredible. But at the same time, they were too lazy to pick up a rock and, Spoofer's and, stone. and move it the rest of the way. So uh, I think that laziness is going to bite them, okay. and uh, I'm going to go with team one. Wow, team one advancing here. So we're just going to make these guys real small. And we're not going to mention who that team is yet. No, no, no. This is a complete blind test. Goodness gracious. All right. Now we have teams three versus team four. Team three was labeled a public Ivy school. Public Ivy school but they only existed on paper for the first 16 years of the school's <laughs> existence. Uh, notable alumni include Ryan Seacrest, Kyle Chandler, and Kim Basinger. Wow. So that's, I mean, that's, that's just the first two lines of that. Yeah. A public uh, Ivy hey, we're school. We're going to get around to it. A public Ivy school that was just kind of an idea for 16, 16 years. 16 years, yep. Uh, team four was originally Transylvania University. Wow. Yeah. What? Uh, they are home to a number one overall pick in the NFL. Not currently in the NFL, or you might be, but they've had a number one overall <laughs> pick in the NFL. Uh, notable alumni include Chris Sullivan, who founded Outback Steakhouse, wow. Rex Chapman of Twitter fame, and mm. Frank Vogel of getting fired in the NBA fame. Yeah, right. I mean, Frank, cool. Like, Frank Vogel loses with the Lakers and... and Makes the Pacers a, a playoff team. Yep. Uh, Whoop-de-doo. Um, that's not doing a lot for me there. Uh, I'd say also, though, I mean, the, the first school isn't really hitting me with a lot of selling points. I mean, uh, first off, all I feel is procrastination. I, I mean, like the first 16 years they were there, but they weren't really there. They had the coach for Friday Night Lights, man. The first school? school yeah, Kyle one? Chandler. Oh, wait a minute. What did you say? Okay, hold on. Did he graduate from there? Notable alumni, Ryan Seacrest, Kyle Chandler, and Kim Basinger. For school one. Or school three. Well, the, the well, first yeah, school and the one the we're doing right school here. That you... Yeah, public Ivy school existed only on paper for 16 years. Notable alumni, Ryan Seacrest, oh Kyle Chandler, gosh. and Kim Basinger. I, I can't, because I know who that school is now, just based on those things. Son of a gun. You're so, I, I try to do ones you wouldn't know. It's your fault. Dude, it's oh, your fault. The whole Kyle Chandler thing. Like, I only yeah. know that because of you. <laughs> sorry. Um, uh, so, what, what was go, go through? I'm very sorry, but go through the list of things for school 
number four now, I guess, number two. Uh, they're originally Transylvania University. Okay. So Dracula went there. Sure. Uh, <laughs> that's a problem. Uh, Chris Sullivan, the founder of Outback Steakhouse, is a notable alumni. I do love the Bloomin' Onion. Yeah. Rex Chapman of Twitter fame. He's the one who just like shares all the cool videos. He's like, this is amazing. And this yeah, video gets four billion likes. That's my uh, thing. That there's yeah. like a million of those guys and on Twitter. And then Frank Vogel. That and they are sounds... home to a former number one overall pick in the NFL. Yeah, I mean that's okay. Yeah, a lot of a lot of schools can can do that. Um, also, like just mediocrity there with with kind of listen. If you're famous on Twitter, you're yeah, mediocre right. in real life. So like, you're going no one three cares. at the school you know. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the school I know. There, I'm all pretty right. confident in that pick. Actually, all right. I don't I don't know who I actually self admittedly don't know who school four is. Perfect. But uh, yeah. All right. Not going with Transylvania University. Now we have school five versus school six. Okay. Uh, this okay. is wonderful. We're going to start with a notable <laughs> alumnus because I had no idea about this. So uh, Jeffrey Allen Skunk Baxter is an American guitarist known for his stints in the rock band Steely Dan and the Doobie Brothers during the 1970s Man. and Spirit in the 1980s. More recently, he has worked as a defense consultant and advised the U.S. members of Congress on missile defense. What in the world? What yeah, hell yeah. What kind of life has that yeah, guy hell had? Yeah. Uh, also notable alumni Goodness include gracious. Dave Ramsey, who makes you feel bad about spending money, and Bobby Dodd. Uh, this school has never won a Heisman, but they do have the fourth most bowl appearances ever. Wow. Okay. Team six right, is the United lot. States' sole source of isotopes used in nuclear medicine. They got their nickname from a militia. <laughs> And notable alumnus include astronaut Linda Godwin, Tom Berenger, and Cheryl Crow. Cheryl Crow. Man, yeah. wow. Um, well, are we sure that first school plays in the SEC? Because, yes. I mean, Bobby Dodd Stadium, that's Georgia Tech. Well, that's from coaching, though. Yeah, it's true. I uh, Self-admittedly, I, I forget where he went. Um, also, Georgia Tech used to be an SEC school, baby. That is very true, actually. Forgot about that as well. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, I'm going to go with school, the first school there. Hung with right, Skunk Baxter, who's I mean, shredding it, on the guitar and working on missile defense? Uh, that shows me that you're, you're teaching kids how to be versatile, not only on the football field, but po- not only off the football field, but possibly on yep. it as well. And you have one of the, you know... One of the solid figures in football history when it comes to coaching-wise. And, and Bobby Dodd yeah. went there and, and played, you know, learned from whoever the coach was. Uh, obviously, All right, let's go, uh, probably a pretty solid program. Let's go seven oh, versus eight here. The second one being a militia nickname, like that That kind of... Yeah, we'll talk, we'll that talk about it. That almost got me, but... Uh, seven versus eight here. Uh, number seven, notable alumni include Chris Stapleton, Dirks Bentley, and Skip Bayless. Okay, I'm going with them. Uh, there are three times more squirrels on campus than students. And Al Gore notably dropped out of this school twice. Wow. Well, so, the only thing I know about Al Gore is he invented the internet. So well, He could invent the internet, but he could not graduate from this school. Uh, yeah. Team 8 has the world's largest Ernest Hemingway collection. Uh, their initial enrollment when they first opened was nine students. Mm-hmm. And notable alumni include Charlie Weiss. Mike Coulter, who plays Luke Cage, and Mookie Wilson, the guy who famously hit the ball between Bill Butner's legs. Well, <laughs> you know who else Mike Coulter played? 
is a, a character in the beloved video game Halo series. Oh, shoot. So, so PJ's not choosing teammate. Sorry, teammate. Agent, Agent Locke, who famously went up against Master Chief, and you don't do that. Right, so, sorry, sorry for, teammate. For a, for a number of different reasons, including that, I'm not going with teammate, but most notably, I mean, go through, and this is probably, it'd be, it'd be, terrible if it was because it, it mean I'm I'm choosing them to win a game yeah but with who you listed off for team one I'm guessing that's probably Vanderbilt I don't know about the whole squirrel thing but what graduate Dirk Bentley graduated from there Chris uh, yeah. Stapleton graduated from he, there Chris Stapleton did not graduate but he sure but went he there. went there yeah. okay so that make it would make sense for it to be in Nashville uh, then again listen Skip Bayless baby yeah sure and he's Al Gore. notable in his own right so is Al Gore. Um, I, I am going to go with that team there. All right. Nobody said anything about Nashville. And so listen, that's your own opinion. Yeah, that is uh, purely my opinion. And you know what? If for, with that group of people, yeah. if they don't win a game, you're at least going to be entertained. That sounds like a Florida-ass school right there. Like, Dirks Bentley and Skip Bayless? Probably. I don't really... Heavy Florida lean there. I don't really move. know about like, the squirrels, you, though. Can't, that, can't that's kind of biting me. All right. 9v10 here. 143 Olympic medalists. Wow. Yeah. Holy Nine cow. astronauts. What is with the astronauts? Yeah, hell yeah. SEC doesn't play. Other notable alumni include Faye Dunaway, Chris Collinsworth, okay. and Aaron Andrews. Uh, huh. Team 10 Very notable alumni are John Grisham, James Meredith, and William Faulkner. They only have one 10-win season in their history. And they have an 18 mile an hour speed limit on most of the campus's roads. Wow, that's that's a crazy. Um, wow, that, that's that's a wild number of stats you just dropped on me there. But uh, that that's team one sounds like a very football centric school there, especially. I mean, you have you have Chris Collinsworth as a graduate, you have Hell Aaron yeah. Andrews as a graduate, you have, nine you have all the different Olympic medals. All the all, all the astronauts as well, and you kind of gave it away there. Well, not you didn't give it away in a big way there, but Team Two only has one ten win season their whole history. Yeah, I ain't going with Team Two. I'll tell you that. That's right. It's not going to be this season. Uh, let's go with Team uh, Well, Team whatever that team is. Team Nine. Team Nine. Advancing. There you go. All right, eleven v twelve is our final matchup of the first round here. Uh, team Eleven. Notable alumni include Buck Showalter. We love Buck. Sure. Machine Gun Kelly. Alumni? Alumni, but not the one you're thinking of. This Machine Gun Kelly is best known for kidnapping an oil tycoon and businessman Charles F. Urschel <laughs> in July 1933, from which he and his gang collected a $200,000 ransom. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> which, listen, brother, I've seen the gas prices outside. Goodness gracious. Uh, I'm a big fan of this Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> My man's out here kidnapping oil tycoons. Get after it. I don't know if you'd say you're a fan. Like, do do big, you understand? Maybe no, you understand. Big fan but, of this machine gun. Okay. Oh, this machine gun, Kelly. Interesting. Uh, they have also won an SEC championship, and they were once nicknamed the Aggies. No longer. Yeah. But once were. And uh, they have won an SEC yeah. championship. And Team 12, uh, they are home to the founders of Ruth Chris Steakhouse and Raising Canes, also Don Lemon of CNN. Uh, in 1988, a home game in which a crowd of 80,000 reacted so loudly that the game's final play registered as an earthquake by a seismograph located a thousand wow. feet away. 
Uh, they also played against Havana University in the 1907 Bacardi Bowl. Okay, goodness. Um, in Havana. That's that's what. Good for them, first of all. You know how much I respect loud stadiums and and crowd reactions. So that kind of machine gun Kelly. Yeah, that kind of gives 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 them a point in my book. And you say this team, the second school, is the one that has won an SEC championship. No, game? first school, or the first school, Machine Gun Kelly, and they won an SEC championship. See, I mean that that's kind of the big thing with me and. Um, the the Aggie hint isn't really getting me, but uh, I'm I'm not really sure there. But I can't really stray away from Machine Gun Kelly in in, in the sense of I don't want to mess with that guy or his ghost. Yeah, and uh, also semi recent success with a SEC championship, right? They've proven they can get it done. So hey, why not go with them? All right, so team 11 moving on sure. sorry to the founders of Ruth Chris and Raising Kane and also Don Lemon all right so we have eliminated the appropriate amount of teams okay we're gonna take a break yeah we'll come back catch my breath a little we'll bit. introduce the two teams I got buys look Not up some of these them, schools but they're gonna get in it <laughs> and then we're gonna crown an SEC champion next this is the hard-hitting coverage you're getting here on second down on ESPN radio Second Down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Christian Gokel alongside PJ Zuko. We are crowning an SEC champion today. You're going to know by the end of this show who's winning the SEC. So, you missed the first segment. We went through all 14 teams. Did a little head-to-head matchup. I shouldn't say that. We went through 12 of the 14 teams. Did some head-to-head matchups. Those teams advanced. We are now on to the second round where we introduced the two teams that got a bye. First one going head-to-head. Here with Team 1. So okay. our first buy team. Since its founding in 1914, a secret coalition of fraternities and sororities commonly known as the Machine has wielded enormous influence over the Student Government Association, occurrences of harassment, intimidation, and even criminal activities aimed at opposition candidates have been reported. Wow. They are the home of the co-founder of Wikipedia, Jimmy Wales. Deborah Marshall of WWF fame and Bobby Bowden, and they have the largest Greek life in the country. They're going head to head with originally a private or a private liberal arts school affiliated with the Methodist Episcopal Church of the South. The school has graduated six astronauts, own and operate their own airport, and they're the home of Tim, Tim Cook of Apple, Jimmy Buffett, and Lionel Richie. You're going to go against the, um, mach- the machine. Yeah, I mean, that's that's difficult. That's difficult. Uh, how do you not get intimidated by that at the very least? Don't don't get intimidated. Um, although, that, uh, Bobby, you, you mentioned Bobby Bowden as well in there. Yeah, he's an alumnus, alumnus of the first of, one. Alumnus of yeah. Bobby Bowden there. Um, oh, man. It's, it's hard to go against that. It is hard to go against that. But. Oh. Six astronauts. I, I, still, I still am not sure who this second school is. And I'm actually very, very interested just on kind of how diverse they are. They've gone there, obviously. And, uh, but, I mean, listen, it, it sounds like the, the alumnus of Team 2 in this situation, the team that I've already picked to win one game, yeah. uh, they, they persevere, man. They get through. They make businesses. They, they make it to space. Cheeseburgers in paradise. It's It's... Five o'clock somewhere. Damn right. You know, just I mean, there's there's so many Is it different me you're things. Looking for? Right. So they work hard Hello? and they play hard. 
and they don't work hard. You know what I mean? I okay. mean, right? Uh, so I, I think I'm still going to go with Team Two there. Wow. They have their own airport. They do have their own I airport. I mean, just fly away from the machine if the machine's coming at you. Um, that is uh, that's strong. I'm probably, I'm probably picking like Missouri right now or something. But I it ain't Missouri. I promise. <laughs> All right, we got three v five here. Uh, we have the public Ivy School that only existed on paper for the first 16 years and is the home of Ryan Seacrest, Kyle Chandler, and Kim Basinger. That's amazing. Against the school of Skunk Baxter, who is an American guitarist for Steely Dan and the Doobie Brothers, but also a defense consultant and advises the U.S. members of Congress on missile defense. Dave Ramsey, Bobby Dodd, they've never won a Heisman in the fourth most bowl appearances ever. Well, I mean, that's the thing, right? They have the fourth most bowl appearances, but they've never won a Heisman. So that yeah, kind of I mean neither is Clemson. That kind of right that kind of tells me they're always there but are are they always good enough? Uh, may, maybe not. Maybe not. Um although there are some very a lot of other uh, notable things there. The problem here is and and I don't want to be too much I know who the first school is that you just listed. This is kind of throwing you off here. It is kind of throwing me off. But just I, go with the facts. I'm going to act like I don't know who it is here. Yeah, and just use the facts that I'm presenting. The second school has someone who literally advises the government <laughs> on defense. And can absolutely shred on a guitar. Yeah. So I'm going to go with school two. All right. It's going to break. A, it's going to make a lot of people mad, I'm sure, if they know who school one is there. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going to. I will tell you this. Not as surprising of an upset as you think. Really? I, I will say that. Huh. Okay. I'll say no more. I think said defense yeah. advisor is, is going to get in the face of. Yeah. That offensive uh, quarterback and offensive line, and you know. All right, seven v nine here. Get it done. School of seven nine. Chris seven, Stapleton, nine. Dirk Bentley, Skip Bayless, hell, so many squirrels, and Al Gore dropping out twice versus. Okay. One hundred and forty-three Olympic medals, nine astronauts, Faye Dunaway, Chris Collinsworth, and Aaron Andrews. Listen, I. That's so many astronauts. It's so. Th- that's the thing. That's not what. That- <laughs> Is it going to be the astronaut matchup at the end of this thing? Uh, that's not the thing that's pulling me into school two there, though, is while I love, I feel like I love school one. Like, you I love the I music like from school one, but right, also while listening, while listening to the music, you have to listen to Skip Bayless talk about LeBron. Yeah, and, and also have, like, squirrels. Just like, everywhere. Just, just every, running around, <laughs> just throwing nuts at you, probably. get out, Like, yeah. they're telling you to get off their property. Um, so... Yeah, I think school seven there might be a madhouse, might be fun, might be entertaining, but man, the what is it, 142? You said 143 Olympic medals. 143 Olympic medals there at school number nine, and the astronauts, and all those football minds just around the university, and Faye Dunaway, of course. Who could forget about that? Uh, So yeah, I I think I'm gonna have to go, and I think I know who this school is too, uh, but I'm, I'm gonna have to go with. With Team Nine there, I like it. the 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 football, the work is going to beat the fun. All right, we're going to reintroduce there. Team Eleven here. Buckshell Walter, Machine Gun Kelly, not that Machine Gun Kelly. Machine. Right. This is Machine Gun Kelly from 1933, and is best known for kidnapping oil tycoon and businessman Charles F. Urschel in July 1933, from which he and his gang, because he did it for the homies, collected a two hundred thousand dollar ransom. Which PJ, I looked it up. Inflation. That's about four million. Goodness uh, in gracious. today's numbers. So my guy out here. Uh, taking on gas prices. Well, he, uh, he he got the rent. Did he get away with it? 
or was he? He got away with it, but it did not end up great for him. I can imagine. Uh, this school has also won an SEC championship and were once nicknamed the Aggies. Uh, now we got to introduce the other team they got to buy. They were the first public institution of higher education in their state. They were originally nicknamed the Farmers, and their football stadium is the tallest building on their campus. The Farmers. The Farmers. Huh. That's, oh, man. Machine Gun Kelly. I just, I, I can't get <laughs> enough of that. And, and the football stadium is the tallest. See, now I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to figure this out in my mind when I probably shouldn't be. The Farmers is probably the, the biggest hint there. Um, man, so, okay, so you have that. Mm-hmm. You have the Farmers thing. You have it's the it's the first higher learning. They're the first institution of higher education in their state. Okay, uh, that that's that's pretty impressive. Um, but I, I'm I'm still. You know what? Machine Gun did, Kelly did it for the homies. I'm gonna he have to do it for, it for the, the homies. homies too. You know, I, I I I'm gonna go with the former Aggies there. All right, and still going along with the with the recent. SEC championship winners. Right, I think we're at the final four. I Maybe can, not recent. I think we can but... power through and finish this, this segment. All right. Are you going with six astronauts, own and operate their own airport, uh, Tim Cook, Jimmy Buffett, and Lyle Ritchie, or Skunk Baxter with his missiles, Dave Ramsey, Bobby Dodd, never won a Heisman, fourth most bowl appearances ever? They're facing off, huh? Yeah. Oh, crap. I mean, getting, it's getting heavy now. Yeah, like that's that's how this has turned out. We have the... Airplane with the airport owning Apple CEOing astronauts Lionel Richie singing up against the defense advisors, guitar shredding, guitar money shredding. saving of Dave Ramsey, football coaching of Bobby Dodd, no Heisman ass having bowl game appearance. School. Well, this is the thing, I, you know, this school they've been in a whole lot of bowl games <laughs> and. They have never had a player kind of, uh, you know, reach that that yeah. top award, and I don't think they're going to reach that top award here this year either. Oh no! I'm going to go with the astronauts and the airport. Going with the six astronauts and huh? the multifaceted different types of uh, university that they have there with school one. All right. Second semifinal matchup: 143 Olympic medals, nine astronauts, Faye Dunaway. Chris Collinsworth and Aaron Andrews. But that, I would listen. I would watch the hell out of that football broadcast crew. Faye Dunaway and Chris Collinsworth in the box. Yeah. Aaron Andrews yeah. on the sideline. Yeah, watching that's that. That's insanely true. Uh, against Mississippi. <laughs> Son of a gun! Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> I didn't mess up as bad as I thought I did. Okay. Did not mess up as bad as I thought I did. All right. Okay. I will say this. I'll tell you what I did. The school above them yeah. is one you've already eliminated, which you should know. John Grisham, James Meredith, and William Faulkner is Ole Miss. Yeah, no, I don't know any of those people. John Grisham's a great novelist, uh, and you knew it because of the only the one ten win season. No, I honestly thought that that might have been Kentucky. Oh no, they they got a bunch of those. Uh, yeah, no, and then the eighteen mile an hour speed limit. We're 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 telling you one of them now because I just messed up and read that one. Yeah, uh, eighteen mile an hour speed limit is for Archie Manning. Oh, wow. So okay. that was a little miss. Anyway, back to Buck Walter and Machine Gun Kelly. Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah. Um, they have won an SEC championship, and they true. were once nicknamed 
the Aggies. The Aggies. Going up against the all the medals and the astronauts and Faye Dunaway. Yeah. Uh, surprisingly, and I, I mean, I, I think you, you know where I'm going here. Like Machine Gun Kelly and all that, all, all that craziness. Just like the the success of this school, Listen, just the like the SEC is all about bringing in more money, and that's what yeah, Michigan well, Kelly is about. But but just like his war on oil tycoons, you know that their run has to come to an end at some point. Damn it! And they just came up against one of the the best athletic True. schools in the country. I mean, let's be real, um, and obviously one of the smartest too. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with that first school there, who I I'm not gonna say who I think it is yet. Nope. All right. Well, we're down to our, uh, we're we'll, down to our we'll championship here, PJ. This is where we crown. This is where we crown the champion. This is going to be bad. This is going to be. Which actually like, you've done really good because we got a West and an East team in here. So that's you did kind good. of hilarious. I I think it's probably. I'm not going to say who I think. The the terrible thing is it's probably like Missouri, and who's who's a really bad West team like Mississippi State. Sure. Right. But I, I we'll All right. see. So we have the originally a private liberal arts school affiliated with the Methodist Episcopal Church of the South. Okay. They've graduated six astronauts, own and operate their own airport, and then famous alumni include Tim Cook, the Apple CEO, Jimmy Buffett, who did not graduate, but we'll still throw him in there, and Lionel Richie, hello is a me you're looking for, uh, against 143 Olympic medals, nine astronauts, Faye Dunaway, Chris Collinsworth, and Aaron Andrews. Who is the SEC champion? With that type of matchup, man... Uh, I, I don't know if I'm being too simple here and, and not being exciting enough or what, but, you know, all the success off the field and off, off the playing surface, no matter what it is, for that first school, I respect it. They have three less astronauts. I mean, it, yeah, sure. But that second school, man, it sounds like they know how to get it done. One way or the other. Their football team might not. Faye and we'll, we'll figure that in a second. Yeah. Uh, but in in this case, I'm going to go with school two there to win the SEC championship. So the 2022 SEC champions. And I think I just made a lot of people mad. Are the Florida Gators. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. But just based no, on... lock it in. Like, Gators are winning the SEC, according to P.J. Zuko. Just write it down, man. They're, they're winning. Yeah, they're winning everything. They're, they're probably... They're blowing out Georgia in the Florida-Georgia game. How are you competing against the combination of Faye Dunaway and Chris Collinsworth? You're not. I don't, I don't know if you can. And Aaron Andrews on the sideline. Right. And 143 Olympic medals. That's so many medals. Like, that's the thing with me. I mean, there's so many different things. But, again, like... I felt like I knew not well, I knew who that was. I know who that school was. If I had to just base it like off their purely off their football team, yeah. I probably wouldn't pick them. Do you, um, do you know who they were going up against? My, the more you <laughs> say it, the more I don't think it's the school I originally thought it was. Uh, I'm gonna guess Texas A&M. Home of Tim Cook and Jimmy Buffett, Lionel Richie. I see. I don't know Auburn. Well, okay. You have All Florida right. taking on the Auburn Tigers in the SEC championship. Uh, the let's just go through it. The the home Auburn of, has their own airport. Hell yeah, and they own and operate that bad boy. Holy cow! Uh, the home of the machine, which is surprised no one, is Alabama. Uh, yeah, Bobby Bowden, that Deborah makes Marshall, a lot of and sense. Uh, the co-founder of Wikipedia. Vitamin E and the barcode were discovered and invented at Arkansas, home of John Daly. Yeah, Pat see, uh, I, I knew Nate that Pizzolatto. was Arkansas. Yeah, uh, based on John Daly. You know who yeah. the public? You know who the public Ivy School is? 
Yeah, that was Georgia. That's Georgia. Right. Yep. And that's uh, the one I had so much hard yeah. time with. Like, I wouldn't have picked them if I didn't know who it was just based on the facts. Yeah. But since I knew it was Georgia, I was like, I kind of want to pick them to win it just yeah. because, like, I know how good their football team is. But I just had to I had to make the game pure, right? And I had Fair. to just go based on the, those uh, facts. Any guess on originally Transylvania University? Honestly, I have no idea. Kentucky. No. Wow. Yeah, yeah. No. I, Tim Couch, number one overall pick. That makes sense. Yeah. Yep. I, uh, I tried to think of like, because I've I've traveled like a lot through that area even, yeah. and where I remembered seeing a Transylvania, and yeah, I just Transylvania couldn't. University. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, Jeffrey Allen Skunk Baxter, our guitar wielding mich- missile blowing up? Yeah. Hero. Uh, so we already got Dave Ramsey, Bobby Dodd, never won a Heisman, fourth most bowl appearances ever. Man, um, Mr. Third Down for what himself, Tennessee. Wow, okay. Yeah, Tennessee's yeah. getting it done. Uh, Missouri is the United States' sole source of isotopes used in nuclear medicine. Right. And they got their nickname from the Tiger Militia. <laughs> yeah, that's that's Love that's that. Why. Was the, that the farmer's one? No. Uh, okay. They're the home of Tom Berenger and Cheryl Crow, though. Uh, Vanderbilt, Chris Stapleton, Dirk Bentley, and Skip Bayless, and Al Gore, and the Squirrels. Okay, yeah, that's uh, that's that's what I figured, and that's why I could not have them win. South Carolina <laughs> is the home of the world's largest Ernest Hemingway, Ernest Hemingway collection. Their initial enrollment was nine students. And that's so weird. Charlie Weiss, Mike Coulter, and Mookie Wilson. Uh, talked about Florida, Ole Miss, and John Grisham. We talked about that. Sure. Uh, Mississippi State, Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah, yeah. Studied agriculture there uh, for a couple of years. They were once nicknamed the Aggies because it was like Mississippi State University and Agriculture and Mechanical School. Uh, Makes sense. And they have won an SEC championship way back in like 1941 because they're one of the original 10 charter schools of the SEC. Uh, LSU, founders of Ruth Chris and Raising Canes, they're <laughs> a home game in 1988. Crowd registered on a seismograph. And then Makes Texas sense. A&M. Was originally nicknamed the Farmers. Wow! Okay. And they were the yeah, first institution well, of higher education. Sense. And Kyle Field is the tallest building. See, on that's their one campus. of the first things I tried to do with with that description is yep. figure out which stadium could have been that. And see that that makes sense. I was trying to think of those Western schools where you, you might have a lot of planes. So honestly, Missouri kind of crept up in there too because I feel like you might have a lot of planes around there. Uh, obviously, some some decent farmland there in Missouri, so figured that might have been it. But so, it makes sense. Congrats to the 2022 SEC champion, Florida Gators. You heard it here first. We got to take a quick break. We'll come back with more right here on Second Down. Second Down on ESPN Radio, presented to you by the Uniform Source. In all seriousness, PJ. Yes, sir. Florida Gators are not winning the SEC championship in 2022, even as much as you want to say they are. Sure, yeah. As as much as I just am am down to stand on this hill and and die on it there, and Auburn's going to be the one playing it. That one might be the worst take. Yeah, absolutely. It's not your fault. You rode with the astronauts, and I think there's something admirable about that. I mean, they do have their own airport, and I have an iPhone. They have the Apple of uh, they they have the CEO of Apple. They do. So I mean I don't want to mess with that. I don't want to mess with my partnership there. <laughs> but that being said, the Florida Gators have a pretty brutal schedule to start with, and they're fortunate in one sense. They play three consecutive games at home to start the season under Billy Napier. 
their new head football coach there. But there you go, brother. It is a tough opening slate. So first game of the season, I know we've talked about it a lot here. You take on Utah, team that has Pac-12 championship dreams. Mm-hmm. Team that played the Rose Bowl last year, played Ohio State down to the last whistle, had a big lead on Ohio State yeah. uh, before C.J. Stroud and Jackson Smith and Jigbo went off. So Utah's going to come into Gainesville ready to get after it. For sure. And I have – I spoke to some Florida guys while uh, in Atlanta last week, and they were like, yeah, the only thing that we hate is it's not at noon. They wanted them Utes to melt underneath the sun. But that's a tough game. I can see – the home field advantage being enough for Florida to squeak it out, but do not be surprised if they lose that football game. Then the next week, Kentucky comes to town. Mm-hmm. Kentucky is a really good team. Yeah, uh, Most people would say probably they're the safe pick to finish second. I know Tennessee is the sexy pick to sure. finish second, but Kentucky, the safe pick. Will Levis coming back as their starting quarterback. Chris Rodriguez, I know he's dealing with some legal issues right now. He's going to play this season. Good defense. Solid offensive line coming in to the swamp. That one's also a 7 o'clock kick primetime on ESPN. So if you're already kind of reeling from losing to a good Utah team and then Will Levis and Kentucky are coming in and they're a really good football team and they know they got to take you down to accomplish their goals, which is get to the last couple weeks of the season and play Georgia for the SEC East Championship, then you're in for a tough game. After that, you're against South Florida. Not a great team. But then you have to head to Knoxville. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's, that's a tough opening stretch. Especially, too, the thing about the differences, I know it's it's four weeks in, you have two weeks you know, in between Kentucky and Tennessee, but think of the differences with those teams. I mean, Utah is a very physical football team. That defense is really, really strong. They're not a normal Pac-12 team, right? That defense is really, really strong. Honestly, I was watching some highlights of the Rose Bowl, too. That, that quarterback, if they have him back, uh, can get out and be mobile and, and make yeah. you pay as well. And then you have Kentucky has a lot of the same thing. Very physical football team, very solid on defense. Will Levis can put his shoulder down and throw it over the top. So you're going to be beaten up even if you come out of those games 2-0, and I think. And then you have to deal with the high-flying Tennessee, Tennessee and offense. offense. Yeah. And it's, it's a completely different story. So can you change gears? Uh, it'd be insanely impressive. If they came out of that four now. And then they have a brutal four-game stretch in the middle of the season. Uh, LSU on October 15th. Then they get a bye week, play Georgia and Jacksonville, and then immediately hit the road uh, to head to Kyle Field to take on Texas A&M. Holy cow. And yeah. then come back home the next week, welcome in Spencer Rattler in South Carolina. That's a brutal two-game crossover. Yeah, Man, Georgia and A&M back-to-back. Yeah. I'd be well, curious to see. Maybe we do that tomorrow. What's the toughest two-game stretch in the SEC next year? Because well, that's got to be up there. I'm saying that, that that's a two-game, two terrible two-game stretch, but I mean, like, the two crossovers you get for the West are LSU and Texas A&M. Like, that's Well, you always that's, got LSU. That's rough. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that's, <laughs> like you said, definitely definitely don't think uh, my, my Florida Gators pick to win the SEC championship is going to hold up after all that. Heck, they might... They might be three and four through that stretch. Who knows? That's tough. I mean, Vanderbilt, they got Ole Miss and at Georgia. Oh, three-game stretch for Vanderbilt. At Alabama, bye week, Ole Miss at Georgia. <laughs> Good God. A bye week's not helping you there. <laughs> yeah, Auburn has a brutal three-game stretch. They host LSU, then they're at Georgia at Ole Miss. Yeah. That's, that's tough. That's rough. 
Welcome to the so, SEC. That's it. Even in the East. Yeah, welcome to the SEC. We got to take a break. We'll come back and get you ready for three and out next right here on ESPN Radio. Just when you thought you got rid of me. Just when you thought I was gone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm back mm-hmm. for more. This is not Christian Gokel <laughs> in your ears. This is Kevin Gokel. Yes. yes. No, Christian Gokel sent in for Kevin Thomas. He should be joining us here sometime at 3 o'clock hour. You know, Kevin gets busy with Kevin things. So yeah. we're just going to let it go. Uh, the voice you hear next to me, that a former Florida All-American, NFL tight end, and just... Atlanta hat, yes, extraordinary. I kind of, I, I kind of appreciate the shout out too, Ke- I mean, Kevin. See, I appreciate the shout out, Christian, up there in our SC Media Days. You know, oh, you and Drew Diarmo, you told him, look, man. I, while I can appreciate your piece of a town down Braves collection, I know somebody that might have, that might have to put you to the yeah. test. But, but shout out to Drew, aka, I'm going to get my question answered in the, in the big room. Second to none, Ben <laughs> Troops Atlanta hat collection there. Uh, but Ben, we are in the middle of OTAs. Bunch of guys reporting. Aaron Rodgers showing up looking like Con Air. I mean, I mean, listen, when you tuck it, when you tuck in a wife beater, you serious about life. Like when you tuck it in, about that's not by coincidence. Serious it's, about 20 to life. <laughs> Before we even get to it, Christian, what do you think about Aaron Rodgers, though? Right? Aaron Rodgers, is he the king of the offseason now? Because you know what he's gonna do in the regular season. When it comes to quarterbacking, you can put him up there with the best of him. He's not the GOAT. That's Tom Brady, but as far as like just throwing the rod, oh, he's or like, but you say the king of the offseason is like controlling the narrative of the yes, offseason. Mm. Yeah. Well, well, obviously Pat McAfee kind of helped him do or, that as well. Or I'd say one Thomas Brady who like retired and then unretired. So what would you what would you consider his offseason antics? Because it's something every year now. Like I don't want to be in Green Bay. I always want a wide receiver. Uh, Ari, you know, Mister Relax. Uh, who is he dating? I say this in the most like non like accusatory or like journalistically irresponsible way. I'm pretty sure he's dating a witch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think his new his new lady is a witch. She I think she's came out publicly and said it. You know, Tom Brady through the years, you know, short hair. Not still, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. I'm sorry, Aaron Rodgers. Sorry. Aaron Rodgers. Giselle is not a witch. Yeah, if if if, if Giselle is a witch, everybody's trying to find him a witch uh right now. No, uh, Aaron Rodgers, long way from being the last one in the green room. Mr. Long hair now, long hair don't care. It's kind of blondish. What he got like, look, it's kind of like a blunt, like kind of blondish brown. It's Aaron Rodgers. You know, it's Aaron Rodgers. He's going to do what he do. You know who I feel bad for? Jordan Love. Jordan Love will never be a football player as long as he plays quarterback for Green Bay. He's never going to play. So shout out to Aaron Rodgers. Shout out to everybody, you know, showing up to camp. These are the times for you, for you people that love football. This is the time to where if you are a football player, whether you're getting ready to go back to training camp, I know we're coming up on uh, the official start of the college football season. If you do not question what the hell am I doing here, you don't love football. You're supposed to question it. You're supposed to say, do I really want to do this? Because the most exciting people this time of the year are not players. They're coaches. Coaches can't wait. Let's go, fellas. Give me all you got. You're looking like, man, gone. So don't take it for granted, though. Understand how precious it is. Understand how you are. You are one of them ones, as my, as my grandfather would say. It does, everybody's not going to get the top spot, but 25 scholarships given out every year, 
If you're in one of those seats, whether you Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, NAIA, Ivy League, uh, uh, HBCU, you made it. What do you do with the opportunity now? If you're in the league, man, you're getting paid. I don't want to hear anything. You're in the league, you really made it. You really made it. And uh, I know we just finished up the season. USFL, you better enjoy it. Because The Rock, they are coming. And they are coming with a vengeance. So all that kicking, this time next year, uh, Christian, either the USFL going to be getting ready for year three or... They will be shutting down, shutting down business. But a shout out to them AP sub A town down Falcons. I know they, I know they reported for camp. Marcus Mariota, Alden Tate. Oh yeah, Brian Edwards. I do have a correction to make. Drake London. I do have a correction to make. Uh oh. So Aaron Rodgers' new girlfriend <laughs> after he broke up with Shailene Woodley. <laughs> Come on. Apparently not a witch. Oh, she's not. Yeah. Okay. We okay. Have, well, maybe we've determined this. She came out and said she said y'all are hilarious. All right. Not to us, but she said it in a report. All right. uh, no, uh, I, but her name is Blue. B L U. Okay. B L U. Yep. Okay. Blue. Christian, I I I I used to say that I thought that Antonio Brown, when he was in the NFL, wanted to be famous more than he wanted to be a football player. Okay. Could you kind of say that about Aaron Rodgers? Like, I'm not saying he don't want to be uh, a great football player. I, it sounds crazy for you to say that, but I do think he's kind of mentally past, like... Is I, he I, over it? Maybe not even mentally. Maybe, like, emotionally. Like, he's not as emotionally tied to success well, he, well, on the field. He's part... He, he, if, he you has to him, if you've listened to him talk, he's very much... He is a person who finds spiritual happiness and kind of other things outside of because he made that much money the football field I guess that's probably no no I'm just saying money. like like Christian if you are a 250 millionaire are you saying crazy things because we have to listen to you yeah, maybe yeah because because I just saw Antonio Brown bit. performing with an all red long sleeve uh uh what'd you call that thing um leather suit on in the heat of the summer dancing so, life is good for some of us. But, Christian, the start of the NFL season is here. What what or who is Christian Gokel looking I'm most? Sorry. Looking I'm most sorry. His, his, his girlfriend hosts a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not trying to take shots. Like, it just, it's, See? It's Keep a, on digging. It's a wonderful name. She hosts a podcast. Again, her name is Blue. B-L-U. And the podcast is described as a clean reservoir of consciousness from which a soul's thirsty or thirst for purifying relief and love can drink. Uh, can you guess what the name of the podcast is? Is it water? Deja Blue. You know what? <laughs> so it's not. That, so it's not. So it's not that you know she's she's. It's not that she like you know very much into herself. She's all about look. At the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers is gonna do, do three things. He's gonna make a bunch of money, right? He's gonna make offseason headlines, and he's guaranteed to be dating someone who is a lot more famous with him than without him. Hey, Shailene Woodley, famous by herself. All right, fault no, I'm not stars, saying she isn't. All of that. You, I mean, did, I mean, being that knows. Hey man, I'm a married J Lo. I ain't gonna take long. What? Jay Z, Beyonce. What you talking about? I'm not. I'm not playing around. Aaron huh. Rodgers ain't trying to get married though. Cause wasn't he engaged and then wasn't? Yeah, it's, there's there's been a whole lot of. We things. know we, we we know more about Aaron Rodgers' uh, uh personal life than we know about our own. You was at SC Media Days. Did anybody ask Jordan? Have you seen your brother lately? No, he doesn't talk to me. That's crazy. Speaking of on-the-field stuff, or I guess <laughs> not on-the-field because he's not going to be there. You see the Roquan Smith news out yes. of Chicago? Roquan Smith, former Georgia yes. All-American, yes. now an All-Pro with the Chicago Bears, yes. coming up on the final year of his rookie deal where he is set to make $9 million for being 
maybe the best inside linebacker he, he's in the National he, Football he, he's League. He's definitely up there. Had 167 tackles last year for the Chicago Bears. Wow. And like I said, is about to earn $9 million in 2022. Set to hold out. Miss the beginning of OTAs. I mean, that seems like a no-brainer. Yeah, it is. I'm, I, you know, you, th- this is the reason why he wants this money. And, I, and, this is, and this is what we're supposed to do. Darius Leonard, already a two-time first-team All-Pro linebacker out of South Carolina State, is the highest-paid uh, linebacker in NFL history. I am not saying that Darius – just because Darius Leonard got his money does not mean that Roquan Smith doesn't deserve and hasn't earned his money. So shout-out to Roquan Smith. People saying, he's going to make $9 million. No. No, I, sh- I should be making that plus 10 with, with what he brings. The Chicago Bears that – I mean, they kind of lacking star power these days. I know they got Justin Fields. I know that Khalil Mack is now, well, you know, uh, yeah, in the AFC. And Robert Quinn is holding out as well, and he wants to trade, and they haven't even signed uh, their second-round pick at safety, Jaquan Brisker, yet. So that front <laughs> office is probably not a fun place to be working right now. It's not, and and if you are, at the end of the day, uh, the great Hugh Douglas, the money and memories. I'm trying to get as much as I can, as fast as I can. And uh, Roquan Smith, for those who think, man, what happened to him? He's been balling. Ever since he left Athens, he's been doing what he did in Athens. I have been balling, and... I'm sorry, in the words of Deion Sanders, if you didn't want us to uh, complain about money, you should have been giving out uh, uh, separate checks. His check shouldn't have been bigger than mine. Cause like I say, I don't, know who the, I don't know who the best linebacker is in the National Football League because you got some beasts. I mean, you know, I mean, Warner out there at, uh, you know, at San Francisco, Devin White and what he's doing for Tampa Bay. You talk about Roquan Smith. You talk about Darius Leonard. I mean, you got guys, you know, you got Kendrick still getting it done. I mean, I just, you know, Bobby Wagner. Oh, my God. Well, he's I mean, with the Rams. How, how mad do you think the Bears were? Because they're sitting there. They know that they have to come in. They got a new GM, and he has to come in. He's like, okay, we got to re-sign Roquan. He's making nine mil this year. And then Jacksonville went and gave Foyer Aluakum $15 million a year. Roquan's sitting there saying, I'm 25. Yeah. I'm two times second Say his team name again, all- though, because I ain't going to try to say Foye it. Foye Aluakum. <laughs> yeah. But he's like, I, Roquan's like, I'm a two-time team, two yeah. second team All-Pro. Come on. I've been the best player on your defense since Khalil Mack left. He has? Yes. Foye got 15. And nothing against Khalil. Roquan might have been. Now, that one year, Khalil Mack was balling. But I, Roquan Smith, Unless you understand why. The reason why you go, hey, dude, man, people don't really be running the ball against Chicago. Yeah, because they got Roquan. Like 167 tackles doesn't happen. Two people can do that. The young man that just came from Atlanta, say his name again, Christian. Boy, yeah, Uh, You know, Roquan Smith and Luke Keekley. You're not getting a, a lost art is 100 tackles. You know how hard that is? 100 I got 167. Only five players were around what he did last year (laughs) in the NFL. Man, stop playing, man. Get that man his money. Shout out to Roquan Smith, man. Shout out. Listen, I got to give it. Shout out to them Georgia Bulldogs, man. I mean, they, they, I'm going to give them their shots out. I'm, 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 I'm growing people. I'm growing as a, as a, as a, as a, as a personality. I have to give credit when credit is due. Stetson Bennett, man, I, it's ridiculous. It it really, really, no preseason, no preseason, uh, uh, you know, all conference teams. And you are one of a very, very select few of people who's won it all. Hey, man, for those if, and, I, and uh, Kirby Smart said the best. They said, man, what, what are you? What are you? What, what's the moniker for this team? Is shit hungry? Uh oh, that is not good for the competition. But uh, man, shout out to uh, shout out to everybody getting their money. And, and uh, Christian, it's a it's a seller. It's a it's a it's a it's a players market right now. Do you want to do, do, do this real quick? What are we doing? What school has the most active players in the NFL? 
I mean, Georgia got – they just drafted 15 of them. Georgia's number four with 61. I would say number one, probably Ohio State. They're number three. LSU. They're number two. That's number one? It's pretty obvious. <sighs> Alabama. Alabama. <laughs> well, see, no, no, you see how they hit? You know, oh, of course, of course. Hey, but, I, got, but I will Alabama's say, got 79, no, but I will got say 72. This. 15 guys in one draft, that, that's unheard of, man. Like, 15, 15 guys in one draft, that's certain teams' 15-year span of drafts. Yeah. 15? For P.J. Zuko back in Studio 2, 46 for Penn State. They're in 10th place. Penn State. Still out here doing it. And Christian, while I know you like – A billion dollars in earnings for Alabama players wow. in the NFL. Wow. While, while I know you like – you know, you, you know you're, you're a football junkie – who is the best linebacker duo in the last 10 years in the NFL? Linebacker duo. Duo? Yes. Probably Thomas Davis and Luke Keekley. I, 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 I beg to differ. Maybe. Well, I mean, that's just top of mind. Uh, when I say it, you're going to say, oh. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm going to just give you the team, and you're going to say, yeah, you're right. Tell me. San, well, Fran- San Francisco. Yeah, San Fran. I was going <laughs> to wait. Ray Lewis and Terrell Suggs. Yeah, but that, that's more of a that's more of a a pass rusher, you know, and a, and a line. I'm just talking about pure linebacker. T- talk ne- about it. Navarro Bowman, Patrick Willis. It's pretty dang good. I don't think we no no no, Chris. I don't think we understand though. Like Thomas Davis might be the Thomas Davis might be the greatest. Uh, well, top five greatest stories in the NFL. Back to back to back torn ACLs. Most people, I don't even want to play football no more. The guys running around with a knee brace on. Killing people. Just everywhere. Navarro Bowman and Patrick Willis, they hit everything that moves. So you're saying it's not Deion Jones and Foyer Lewicum. <laughs> listen. Come on. Listen, I will say this though. Deion, Debo, hey, what's up? Do you want to be with them A Town Downs or what? Cause Christian, I'm just saying, do you remember when Deion Jones was considered by some to be the best middle linebacker in the league? Yeah, they were, fr- they were up out of their minds. He's fast. He's always been fast. You know, you know, you know what? He just played really, really good games against him and Alvin Kamara. Used to be a really, really nice. You know, they no, used to go at each other. PJ and I were talking about this yesterday. There's guys who are stat stuffers. I'm not saying Roquan Smith is this guy, but uh, there's just there's certain guys, and I'll say a Henry Toto at Alabama is one of those guys where, yeah, he'll end the season with 100 tackles, but, but he's it, catching yeah, dudes five yeah, yards yeah, yeah, downfield. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's not. It's not a. Uh, it's. I like to call him. He want them going for the ride type of linebackers. Like he'll catch you. You know, he'll get you down, but. No, if it's third and one, it's first down. And if anything, I, the SEC championship game where Darnell Washington mossed him, what, what was so impressive about that play is he didn't Darnell didn't jump. And that's scouting. That's saying, hey man, when we get on the goal line, oh, they're gonna put terrible, it to a total on, on Darnell. He's a bad coverage linebacker. Yeah. And who's the best coverage linebacker in the league, you think, right now? Best coverage. Coverage? I mean, I'm gonna go with my, my guy Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner's so underrated, man. Bobby Wagner's not need. He just, he just, how do you have that much production that long? He what, year 10? What, what, five or six first team all pros going back and forth? Might be longer than 10 now. Because he's part of that Legion of Boom. Jalen Ramsey. Bobby Wagner. Ernest Jones. Ernest Jones. Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald. Lloyd. Lloyd. What's his name for Georgia? Leonard Floyd. That's, That's cheating. That's all three levels. That's how you want a Super Bowl. I don't care who plays safety. That's how you want a Super Bowl. They they got the corpse of Eric Weddle Eric Weddle back there to Eric Weddle win a Super Bowl. 
I'll, listen, listen, listen. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you guys when it's gonna come. I'm not promoting anything, but you know, one of these days I'm, I'm gonna be able to sit down with some of these guys and I'm gonna try to ask a question that everybody wanna know, like Eric Weddle, yeah. Did you ever think staying in shape would ever lead you to a Super Bowl? Nope. Four four games, got it right. Hey man, we'll see what happens. But uh the best GM in sports, GM for the Rams. I don't know how he's doing it. I don't know how he's got all these players on the contract like that. Cooper Cup, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, Bobby Wagner. How you doing it? They're going to be hard to beat. This is three and out. I am being true. <laughs> he is Christian Gokel. And when we come back, we don't know what the hell we're going to be talking about, but make sure you be here when we get back. Kevin might be here. He might not. We're going to find out next. Nobody's safe. <laughs> Big Ten Media Days taking place this week. We've heard from Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren. And, man, he's the man of the hour. He's where Greg Sankey was last year mm -hmm. at Texas and Oklahoma. Now the Big Ten's out of USC and UCLA. Yep. Kevin Warren coming out today and saying, listen, we're always looking at expanding, but we're not going to expand just for the sake of expansion, which I was cool with that statement. I was like, yeah. hey, look, we're always there. If it could bring more money into us, <laughs> Notre Dame, uh, <coughs> we're good to go. Actually, the uh, the that the MAC media days, they were like, ah, we're actually pretty good right now unless Notre Dame wants to join. Because if Notre Dame <laughs> wants to join, you know, of I think course. the exact quote was, we feel like they're, they make geographic sense and their culture matches up with ours. So I was like, yeah, if you guys want to hop in the MAC, uh, getting us some some Tuesday night action. Notre yeah, Dame can make that happen. But a couple things I found funny from Big Ten Media Days today. Uh, Kevin Warren said one of the reasons he explored USC and UCLA was during uh, the interview process to become the commissioner of the Big Ten during 2020. He was looking at expansion, and during his study of the Los Angeles market, he was like, "I just I found that they had the biggest collection of Big Ten alumni in the country." So that's why, Ben, has nothing to do with USC and UCLA as brands or getting the Los Angeles markets. Just there's a whole bunch of Big Ten folks out there. Yeah. Kevin Warren, I, I give him a lot of credit with this. You're talking about a person that's been able to rebuild their reputation almost overnight because it's the same Kevin Warren. <clears throat> because I say, when did, when did commissioners really get kind of like their, their 15 minutes? It was during the pandemic year. Yep. All of them was on display, right? Who was the one that didn't look good? That would be Kevin Warren. Same Kevin Warren. Hey, man, when y'all start? We're going to start on this date. Well, then again, we're going to push him back. Well, no, it wasn't we're, we're going to start on this date. It was we're not going to start. Then, it, then it's, hey, man, well, you know, I don't really think that we should be playing in the pandemic. I don't really. Is it just sign a tight end in the SEC? Yeah. Like, overnight, though, somebody was saying, okay, you look at when news comes out. Oklahoma, Texas coming to the SEC. Boom. Kevin Warren was like, wait, 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 wait. Put it. USC. UCLA come to the big. That's huge. Like, that is huge. Geographically, it's huge. Brand rise, branding is huge. And, you know, it puts you back into the, quote, super conference, you know, conversation. Because there's only two of them right now. But Kevin Warren publicly trying to get Notre Dame and Notre Dame saying no. Oregon calling saying, well, no. So you told Oregon no. And Notre Dame told you no. But this is what Kevin Warren got to stop doing, though. When, when Greg Sankey. Commissioner of the SEC, he stands up there at the podium, he's smiling, he's laughing, he's giggling. The one thing he did not say is we are not open for business. Big Ten commissioner, I mean, Big 12 commissioner said that. Not a Big Ten commissioner saying that. The ACC is saying, I think, the ACC commissioner is saying, I think we're the best conference in the country. Greg Sankey going, ha, ha, I don't got to know that. 
Why? I'm talking about the current teams I have and the other teams don't get here, wink, wink, until 2025. That's not happening. They're going to be there before that. But I'm just saying, but Kevin Warren, though, uh, Christian, he's doing what he's supposed to do. He's saying, y'all know who we want. They've said no. We're going to give them some time to simmer. No. Just focus on who you have. And Lincoln Riley is a big name, man. Chip Kelly, you have not heard from Chip Kelly since he went to UCLA. He got players out there doing calisthenics on the field in a circle. It's bad. They play USC UCLA on Friday nights. That's how bad it's gotten. But they are two huge brands. You know, Penn State, Michigan State, oh, yeah. Michigan, the Ohio State University. But, 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 but Christian, we were saying this the other day. This comes down to programming. If it's Michigan, Ohio State, or if it's Florida, Georgia, who you going to click on? Oh, here's the thought. What about rivalries? Who got the better rivalries? Kevin Warren knows, hey, man, maybe I can compete with them in programming because I can't compete with them. They're way more top-heavy than we are. And let's call it, the mid-tier teams are better than they mid-tier teams. That's, it really, really is. It's not about the bottom feeders because, sorry, I hate to say it, the top-tier teams in the Big Ten, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. I give you three. I give you three of them. Why not USC? They're not. They're they're brand wise. Well, let me ask but, you this: Going back, which one do you think was the bigger acquisition? USC, UCLA, or Texas, Oklahoma? It's always it's always going to be Texas, Oklahoma, Texas, Oklahoma for me, Christian. Because I look at it like this, just from a blind taste test. I, I am get away from the college football fans for a second. I'm talking about just a casual. I want to watch a game this weekend. UCLA, UC, USC. Or Texas, Oklahoma. It's going to be Texas and Oklahoma. Texas and Oklahoma is relevant enough for the casual fan to know who they are. And, you know, I'll be looking and saying the top, the top 25 revenue-generating schools in the country, number one is Texas. Number two is Texas A&M. I think number four, Oklahoma. So you got four of the top five of all top 25. Plus, Christian, this is about being relevant. Well, you're talking sports. I'm talking about, in general, the ac- – or you're talking football. I'm talking yeah. about the acquisition – and what it means in terms of money, because you got that Los Angeles market. You like, do. listen, I like Norman, Oklahoma yes. as much as the next guy. Mm-hmm. Austin, Texas is a really cool city. Uh-huh. They just grabbed Los Angeles. They did. Well, I, I will say this, though. That's why I still say it's Texas, Oklahoma. You do got Los Angeles, but Christian, you know it's like this. Los Angeles has a lot of things to do on, on Saturday. I'm talking about just from you got two schools to choose from, and you're whenever you whenever yeah, I you would, ha- I would hazard a guess that there's more people in Austin watching football on a Saturday <laughs> than in Los Angeles. Well, as a person, I lived in the Northeast for about four or five years. Whenever you're in a city that has, it's all about pro teams. It's about the Lakers. It's about the Rams. It's about the Dodgers. You know, the Trojans, the Bruins. No, there's a reason why that. What makes Oklahoma, Texas is this. I want the flagship schools in these cities. I mean, in these states. I want the University of Oklahoma. I want the University of Texas. Because in the state of Texas, it's UT. That's taken other way from Houston, Texas A&M, SMU. It's UT. In the state of Oklahoma, it's Oklahoma. That's taken nothing away from Oklahoma State. So, now, could it stay that way? I don't know. Because once Oklahoma, Texas, and the SEC, now they're judging them on their merit. But right now, perception because Christian, like I say, as a Christian, you you from the ATL, shout to Yale, right? Gwinnett, it's a lot of things up in Atlanta. You got, you got, now the university, if it's the University of Georgia or the Falcons, I'm sorry, Falcons, you better be lucky you play on Sunday. Because if you played on Saturday, no one's watching. Correct. If 
Could Georgia fill up the Mercedes-Benz Dome every Saturday? They do yes. it more. They do it more than the Falcons. So all I'm saying is the biggest sellouts every year in the in Mercedes-Benz is not the, the, the professional team. I don't know the last time the Falcons actually <laughs> sold out a game. We gotta take a break. <laughs> I see the salmon shirt of one Kevin Thomas. Yes, Sandy it is Bobby. beautiful. It is beautiful. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll come back. The voice of three and out. We'll join you next right here on ESPN Radio. Ben, it's hot outside. That's yes, all I'll say. Yes. Uh, having to travel around this afternoon. It's hot. And I'm now back in the studio. So there's that. Uh, so good to be here on the show. I guess. You got a, you, your shirt. Your shirt uh, is the color of like a sponge by our friend Patrick. Oh, uh, was it? That's what I think. I said, yeah. Uh, it was a few shades lighter a little while ago. Salmon. I like it. But anyways. So <laughs> I, I, this is one of the, the, the best things you'll get. I have no clue what you and Christian were talking about. We were, me and Christian, and I, you know, now I'm well, just Christian ready to go. Well, Christian hit me with it. You know, open the segment. We were talking about um, talking about people going through midlife crisis, aka Aaron Rodgers. He was walking into the facility. He had on a white beater, and it was tucked in his jeans. And he was looking like uh, I did see people J- talking Nicholas about that Cage. on like Nick Cage from Nicholas, Con Air. And in the second, and obviously, we're talking about. Uh, did he have the bad Southern accent? That uh, no, he that no, Nick Cage no, he, he's the king of the off season. Like I don't know what goes on. You know, got a new girlfriend. Her name is Blue without the E. BLU, not getting, not getting his business. Jordan Rogers, his brother, still haven't spoken to him, haven't seen him, haven't heard from him. And uh, we talked about Big Ten media days. Kevin Warren saying, "Hey, look, I mean, we we obviously like where we are, but we obviously want to bring in. We obviously still want a team like like uh, Notre Dame. We uh, they like the the additions of USC, UCLA. Basically, uh, Kevin Warren in the all about way of saying, I hate the SEC, I hate uh, I hate Greg Sankey. <laughs> They get on my nerves. That's that's you know that's basically and uh, your favorite time of the year, Kevin. Talk about uh no training camps opening up. I'm just saying, peace up, a town down, Falcons, the Jaguars. If you haven't heard, I think the Falcons, the veterans showed up today. I don't think they have their first practice till Friday. But yeah, the Jaguars. John Shipley's like, man. Oh, here we go. Hey, Kevin. Trevor Lawrence looking good. He's this is a, a quote oh. for Twitter. He said, John Shipley, Jaguar report on SI, saying that was as clean and crisp a practice as I've seen Trevor Lawrence have since I've covered the Jags. Well, obviously, he's. I think this is his fourth year covering the Jacks. Trevor Lawrence has been there twi- two years. This is his second year. And saying, look, it was clean. It was crisp. It's seven on seven. Ben, what do you take from that? Like, when do you start to take stuff you hear from training camp serious? Like, if you say, oh, Trevor Lawrence, not like, bro, they were in shorts and running seven on seven. Like, when as a football player, and you know how it goes, do mm-hmm. you believe anything anybody says coming out of training camp? Or nope. do you, not ever? No, nope. uh, unless it's criticism. Because oh, criticism it, is real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, 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 because criticism means, <laughs> you know, Jordan Shipley and them, they say to themselves, I can't do this no more. What do you mean? I Like, think about this. Does it sound, does, does, what sounds more natural? Man, Trevor Lawrence, man, didn't have his best day today. Uh, kind of was like, uh, you know, kind of throwing the ball over to the other team. Or this is the most crisp I've ever seen him. What does that mean? They can't touch him. Like, they cannot touch him. He gets, he can only get sacked on game day and in preseason games. He's going up against a defense that you don't know nobody. Trevon Walker, Trevon Walker, and, you know, uh, Clayvon Chason, Josh Allen. Other than that, you screaming a bunch of numbers. Oh, 47. You, you don't even know him. It's a, yes, I mean, Christian was saying his name in the opening segment. Uh, leading tackler for the Falcons that just got picked up by the Jags. I cannot say his name. <laughs> and I think what happened. Boye. Aluakum. 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 Listen, these, boy, you're going to have to walk around with <laughs> syllables all over. I can't say Sam at all. But 
Let me say this, though. As a guy that played, the reason why I say the criticism is what they're trying not to do, but criticism is good for a player. No one, no one, look, they invested in him. They gave him Zay Jones. They gave him Christian Kirk. They gave him Evan Ingram. You know, I mean, they're, you get a Travis Etienne. I saw a video yesterday of James Robinson running around yesterday. So there are no excuses for a Trevor Lawrence because no greater way to invest in a quarterback by giving him weapons. I gave you a lot of them. To go along with Marvin Jones that came over from Detroit. Marvin Jones and LaVisca Chanel. Marvin Jones, Zay Jones, uh, you know, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, James Robinson, Travis Etienne, Doug Peterson. Because, the, the, you know. I mean, obviously start- Jag fans want something hopeful, but when you hear Trevor Lawrence look at Crisp, are you like, okay. What goes through your mind right. when you hear that? Are you like, okay, uh, okay they, he better look good. No, this thing, it's almost like they're buttering you up because they know what's coming. Like, let me butter him up. Let me give him something favorable because there aren't, listen, when it comes to these beat writers, they know, man, it, I'm, the, I'm the medium between me and the fans. I got to tell the fans what it is. But, Kevin, you're a coach. There are things you got to say to little leaguers, but that's more motivation. Guys, you guys look really good. Do you say <laughs> that's the most crisp practice? No, because you don't got to do it. You say things like, hey, you, you coach them both collectively and individually. That's coaching. I got to coach y'all as a group, and I come to you individually and say, what did I tell you? What? Keep your feet on the bag. Or don't do this or don't do that. Trevor Lawrence is a starting quarterback. He's one of 32 starting quarterbacks in the National Football League. You know, get it right. Because, Kevin, what they're really saying is, okay, throw out last year for everybody on the team. Everybody. Everybody. The Urban Meyer era, whatever you want to call it, is a blur. New front office, well, kind of. It's in the past, yes. But now it's, all right, snap the ball, let's see. Because, Kevin, 17 picks were the ones that were caught last year by the other team. That's not how many he threw. Some of them were dropped. They could have gotten the 20s easily. I think Trevor Lawrence is built for the big times. I think that he's a guy that's going to definitely go out there and get it done. I think they're going to uh, try to help him out with a, with a solid running game. They 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 invest in the offensive line. I, I just think that at the end of the day, though, Kevin, beat writers are in a very, 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 very compromising situation because old beat writing was to the point. Man, I'm going to say what it is. But now everything is so close to the vest. And, Kevin, I can um, I can at you. I know who you are, Mr. Shipley. Like I can see what you said. So I don't know, but it's it's the first couple of days. We really can't we really can't get it. But I will say this. I'm gonna say this every day, D. Orlando. I'm only looking at what you're saying about the Falcons, because D. Orlando can can be listen great at what he does, but he's honest. What D. Orlando say they gotta get him off the field. That's the truth. He can't be out there if you. If you play O-line for the Falcons and you can't block this D-line, this ain't for you. If they saying, man, this, these boys getting sack after sack after sack against this O-line, it's going to be a long year. Lorenzo Carter, maybe. But, Kevin, we went through them stats. We showed you collectively, not, not without, without Grady Jarrett, four or five dudes giving you two sacks together. Marlon Davidson. You know, Lorenzo Carter, let's go. But shout-out to them Jaguars. Shout-out to everybody getting back to uh, – Getting back to it, training camp 2022, because guess what? Optimism goes out the window first game of the season. Why? 
You're not beating the Rams. You're not beating Kansas City. You're not beating Tampa Bay. <laughs> so if you were if you were top ten in the draft this year, the best you can want to do is be you know 14, 15. Because because the, the I'm gonna say it, these Cincinnati Bengals got us living in La La Land. They were the fifth pick. They were the fifth. They had the fifth pick in the draft in 2021 and went to the Super Bowl. That means we. Mm-mm. That don't mean nothing. That's an outlier. Right? That's an outlier. So if you think you finna go from from you know somewhere the Giants think they're gonna be good. <laughs> somewhere Zach Wilson the Jets think, hey bro, if we can just if you can just what? Jesus is outside. <laughs> he wants to play for y'all. We told him we don't want to mess up your flawless reputation. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, Kevin, for real, like Kevin, look at look at pro sports and baseball. Why are the good teams always good teams? When the last time, what Cleveland, what the Cleveland Indians at? Huh? What the Cubs at? Huh? It's more tradition than than what you than winning, right? Because it's hard to do it. So if you're thinking, hey, I played for the Titans before. So listen, I know what fake optimism is. But first game of the year, I'm jumping around and they kick the ball off. Lost. <laughs> I'm just—it's—it's it's hard because you got to build a culture before you can get to winning. That—that's what it's good. You got to build a culture, then the winning comes. Name a team that wins Super Bowls and ain't got a good culture. Name a right. team that wins uh, World Series and ain't got good coaches. Name a team that wins uh, in basketball and don't got a good culture. Forget the team, good culture. I'll wait. So until the culture is built, it's going to be <laughs> Detroit. Do Detroit got a culture, uh, Kevin? Do you think it's a winning culture up there? No, but I—I'm I, I, just—it's—it's. It's, I, I always enjoy reading the camp kind of stories from guys who are observing because <laughs> it's like, hell, man, Trevor Lawrence looking – and, again, I think we feel he has a lot of upside. He does. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see certain guys saying, oh, man, Marcus Mariota look crisp. Or, you know – Look at – ask the defense – God forbid Desmond Ritter. Okay, look at this Ask A.J. Terrell about Drake London. He's going to say, oh, man, young young kid, man, I think he got, I think he got a lot of upside, right? What about Marcus Mariota? Hey, man, he looked good. Why? Because I everybody is in the business of building the self-esteem, ego, and confidence of the starting quarterback. Because if you say something like, man, he looked good today, that, that PR guy in the back like, because I'm telling you, Kevin, you got to massage him, you got to nurture him, because the hopes and dreams of any team is on the right or left shoulder of that quarterback. But it starts up here. So you think, now, is it unfavorable things being said? Yep. That's called in the privacy of your own home. All right, boy, I love you too. He stinks. We're going to lose, bro. But you can't say it to him because ain't but two or three of them on the team. It's like a long snapper. The starting long snapper, kicker, and punter are the most important players on every team. You don't <laughs> believe me? Let one of them get hurt. Let I, I was a backup long snapper. Not in my mind, but they used to say I was. They would have said he's out. It? Kevin, let me tell you something. I have, a hard, I have a hard enough time looking at the guy in front of me. You think I'm going to open my legs up and look the other way and I got to block him? <laughs> that's, that, that's not a recipe for success. I'm just, I'm just telling you there are certain things about football that make it so unique. And, the, and there's a reason why they call them specialists because there's only three of them. Long snappers, kickers, punters. If the punter get hurt, the kicker got to punt. If the, if the kicker get hurt, the punter got to kick. And the long snapper get hurt, May God help us all. It's going to be rough. So, but shout out to everybody getting back to camp. I mean, it's Kevin, we survived. We made it through the offseason yes, of no football. No offense, USFL, 
But USFL, yeah. you might want to uh, get right too. Why? Because yeah. the XFL, they are here yeah. and they will be here this time next week. Now I'm just waiting for Friday when the Falcons get back out there and uh oh, see who's getting the early. <laughs> the, right. the, the, Remember the, they were in no pads yes. and, and seven on seven. He was looking good. The, listen, listen. The media, the like, media, the media team. Uh, or the camera, the camera squad in Atlanta when they doing them slow down, like when a guy running the route and they just slow it up. <laughs> I said, dude, that's a route. They slowing it down. So I look at Drake London's face. No, that's some good cameras. Show him getting open <laughs> on AJ Terrell in one on ones. No, we didn't get that footage. No, no, you can't put it out. Can't put that. Because there out. isn't any footage. That's the problem. There isn't any footage. We got more to come. Here it is. Three and out. We're talking Braves baseball. We're coming up on the, I think, the trade deadline in a week from today. What the Braves might be doing. Fred Owens is going to join us. We'll also talk to Rich Stiles, host of the Back Nine Boys Golf Show, coming up a little bit later on the show as well. It is three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. And there it is. From D. Orlando, Ledbetter Den, Falcons wide receiver, Alameda Zacchaeus saying that they are, quote, a playoff team, mostly because everyone is bought into what's being coached. There it is. Chalk it up. We can move on. See? See? <laughs> see? See, this, this is what I'm talking about, though. See, this, this so what, is what, so, so your worst is a team, <laughs> and you're now a playoff team when so you were not So let me get this thing. Hold on, hold on. So when you had recognizable players, what's up, Julio? What's up, Roddy? What's up, Matty Ice? What's up, Tony Gonzalez? Calvin you know, Ridley, 18. What's up, what's up, Calvin Ridley? What's up, uh, you know, what's up, Michael Bernard Turner? Now it's, uh, I don't know who that is. Hey, Kyle Pitts. Yeah, who is that? That's Drake London. Who is that? Alden Tate. Who is that? Brian Edwards. I, look, I can appreciate optimism. I live my life by it. But, Kevin, certain things, right, you just don't have to say it. Like, you should, no, no. It's not bad that you said it. But if you're D. Orlando, he was like, oh, here we go. Now, Jake Matthews said, hey, man, this, this ain't a rebuild. Did anybody ask you about that? No, I'm just telling y'all. Well, I didn't ask you, Jake. So we go from not a rebuild, no Matt Ryan, right? Mm-hmm. Marcus Mariota. Felipe Price got to play tight end. Don't know if he got invited to camp. Desmond Ritter <laughs> is the backup. We got a bunch of D linemen outside of Grady Jarrett, Lorenzo Carter. Don't really know a lot of them. I mean, what would happen if somebody was just truthful? If, like, you know, somebody got to him and said, hey, man, what do you think? We got a lot of work to do. No, no, no. Like, <laughs> like, like can, can you not just say yeah. that? Like, well, oh, oh, we're oh, a playoff team. Why? Because we bought in. We bought in. We're a playoff team. Well, here it is. No, no, no. no. There's a, th- a thing, too, that people don't talk enough about. When you're in the league long enough, you're learning how to do everything. I'm learning how to practice. I'm learning how to go about my business. I'm learning how to be a professional. I am learning how to shape narratives with the media. <clears throat> I am player X. Man, man, how you look? How you feel about these Falcons? Man, just taking it day by day. Really, really like what I'm seeing. <laughs> a lot of young guys out here. I like the energy. You, you guys saw the energy, right? Uh, I just think that when you look at, you know, our division as a whole, it's about making sure, you know, uh, we are doing the necessary things uh, to compete with the Bucks, to compete with the Pounds, to compete uh, with New Orleans. And uh, first day, you know, trying to work some jitters out, and I'm looking forward to the season. I, I just said nothing. I just I didn't say anything. Because, Kevin, that's what you got to learn how to do. Like, Bill Belichick is the GOAT for two reasons. One, for what he's done with his career. And when he interviews, he doesn't say anything. Like, he doesn't say anything. But when I say, man, we're going to be a playoff team, based off of what? Well, Marcus Mariota, Marcus Mariota what? 
He looked good. He looked good doing what? Throwing the ball. To who? Alton Tate. Who is that? The tall guy. Which one? Bunch of tall guys out there. I, I think Kevin Tudo, sometimes certain guys, they can't turn off how they really feel about the team compared to the, the you know, their perception is reality. And that's scary. Because usually the two don't match. The crazy thing you're going to hear this year is the Falcons make the playoffs. How? How are they going to do that? I'm not saying it's outside the realm of possibilities. <laughs> I'm just saying, as far as, like, possibilities, Kevin? Well, Alameda mm. Zacchaeus, who will be the fourth wide receiver, <laughs> feels really good about where this Falcons team is at because they've bought in to what the coaches are selling. We'll just leave it at that. We'll come back. Take three around the corner. We'll talk some Braves baseball with Fred Owens. Tomahawk take hour two as well. It's three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you here. It is three and out all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, hour two. We'll hear from Fred Owens, Tomahawk take. He will join us coming up. We'll talk Braves, get it close to the trade deadline, and more with him in just a little bit. But first, let's take three here on three and out. All right, Ben, take one. What is the correct size for the college football playoff? I know you and Christian talked earlier about mm-hmm. maybe it was 16, a lot of people think. But what is the correct size for a college football playoff field? I would go eight. <clears throat> I think eight is a good barometer because, Kevin, <clears throat> four is way it's not enough. Like, for me, it's just not. I would say eight because, okay, if you're going to have, you know, quote, right now, Kevin, we still got P5 last time I checked. That means that all P5 teams can have some some representation in there, you would think. Sure. But I also say eight because <clears throat> when you start talking about how many how many good teams are there, well, what does good mean? Here go my B.J. Bennett. Oh, good versus best and all this nonsense. I just think that eight teams means out of 130 teams, you're going to pick eight teams. That means that, Kevin, now the regular season really does matter. Sure. The conference championship games matter now. And then maybe you got like automatic bids and, and you know things of that nature. But it's got to be, let me say this, let me let me say this way. It's got to be at least eight. I don't want you to say it has eight has to be the match, but it's got to be at least because Kevin, once again, like I said, Kevin goes to this restaurant that got 130 of the best desserts you've ever seen. And they say, Kevin, yeah, you get to pick four of them. What? Four. Four? <laughs> That's all I get. That's all you get. Now, they said, Kevin, you get to pick eight. I got a shot of, okay. So I would say eight minimum, 12, like maximum. Like eight, because eight, eight is good. Eight is way, man, eight is so much better than four. It don't make no sense. But I would go eight minimum, 12 maximum, because you don't want to start getting into, quote, like a you know baby NCAA tournament with 16, because are there 16 teams? Are there 16 teams worth watching in the, in the postseason? Because there are really, really good teams. So eight is my minimum. I mean, Kevin, 12 is my maximum. Because I think 12 means that you're going to have some teams that ain't never going to ha- would never have had a shot. Not you, Vanderbilt. I'm sorry. <laughs> but would have never had a shot to make it in. So for me, eight minimum, 12 maximum. Well, I mean, I've, I've always pushed off against the every game matters crowd uh, in this season because, I mean, you know, let's be real. Um, it does not. I, I, I too, been. I, if I had to pick, it sounds like, I mean, you guys were hearing a lot of noise, 12, 16. I think eight is probably good. I, I, I know four wasn't going to work and be satisfactory to a lot of folks. And you go, well, why not? Well, at least for the time being, you have 
five Power Five conferences, you have Notre Dame, and you have four slots. So that means on the premise, on just the the initial play the season out, one Power Five conference is not going to get in. And let me tell you, these conference commissioners like to say, I mean, Greg Sankey loves to say they won the national championship. You know what he likes more than saying he won the national championship? I got two teams in, and I got paid. That is what these conferences... The Pac-12 doesn't care. The Pac-12 commissioner shouldn't care if he wins the national championship. He wants a team in the playoff. Why should we get paid? Get a cut of that playoff pie. That's, that's it. So you knew it wasn't going to work. Four teams, five Power Five conferences, and Notre Dame. So if the SEC got two and Notre Dame got in, now you have three Power Five conferences getting nothing in terms of playoff money. You want to know how the haves get more haves and the nots get more nots? That, that, that's how it works. So I think eight would be nice. Every conference represented, and you get some at-large possibilities in there for your G5s and somebody else who may have had a slip-up in a really good conference here or there. I think that's plenty. I don't know that in any given year, the 12th place team, and much like you get to the NFL, I don't know that the, you know, as we expand the playoffs, if the 12th team in the NFL really has a shot to run the gamut and win the Super Bowl. I, just, I, I don't know that they do. Maybe we'll see it, but I don't know. I think eight's a good number. I'd like, people say, you want to make games count, put a premium on the conference championship, right? Put, put a premium on winning the conference championship and we've seen it in leagues where you enter the month of November, how many leagues are still wide open? Uh, from And I don't mean like, oh, well, they didn't really have a shot. Start of November, post-Georgia-Florida, how many teams still mathematically had a shot <clears throat> to make it to Atlanta and play for an SEC championship? More, It was more than Georgia and Alabama in the ACC. How many teams last year, besides Pitt and Wake, had a mathematical chance to play their way in to Charlotte and play for the ACC championship? Big Ten, how many teams had a chance to play their way? So I think you want to put a premium on the on the conference championship of some kind, uh, and that gets more teams involved from the jump there. So I think that actually makes more games matter than currently where every game certainly doesn't matter in, uh, in, in college football. I think eight is the right number. So we'll see. Obviously a lot of talk, a lot of dedication uh, to figuring all that out from the powers that be around college football, what that right number is all right ben moving along take two who will be the biggest surprise player we kind of joked that uh oh trevor larson who will be the biggest surprise player for the jacksonville jaguars here in 2022 i think it's going to be evan ingram and the the reason why i say it is kevin is evan ingram is a guy coming out of old miss uh you know first round pick went to the giants has tremendous upside i just think that it never ever he never ever fit the reason why i say that new places i mean new faces in new places uh you know uh you know uh, eric ebron eric ebron was a, was a uh was a first round pick top 10 pick by the way uh you know when he first came out and uh, i think what happened was when he where did he go he went to the detroit lions didn't work out with detroit Goes over to the Indianapolis Colts, has a really, really good couple of years, I think, make a Pro Bowl. Evan Ingram doesn't lack ability. Evan Ingram lacks being on a good team that can utilize what he does, and he doesn't have to be the guy. So I think Evan Ingram, because when you think about the running game, yeah, I could have I could have gone Travis Etienne, but I got to see him play his true rookie year, even because he missed last year. I could have gone uh Christian Kirk, but can he can he be a headliner? I just think for me, every Ingram's gonna benefit from a guy like Trevor Lawrence who got a big arm, and you got to pick who you're gonna double team. 
I don't know. I don't know if he's earned double teams right now. So for my, so for my, for my money, I think it's gonna be Evan Ingram. I think in the AFC South, to where the hardest person to cover in any offense is an athletic tight end. It, they are the hardest guys to cover because you're not gonna put a corner on them. You're not, you're not gonna put your number one corner on the tight end. You're not gonna put your slot corner on the tight end. So it's gonna come down to those, you know, athletic safeties or those those linebackers. Linebackers. Or they run and hit. They don't cover. They can. They can't do it consistently. For my money, give me Evan Ingram, a new face in a new place with a guy like uh, Trevor Lawrence, who I definitely think uh going to find a way to get in the rock. All right. And uh, moving along to take three, Ben, Georgia Southern, pick fifth in the east of the Sun Belt at Sun Belt Media Days today. Will they finish higher or lower than fifth? I know there's not much Ooh. place to go, but yeah. Uh, yeah. But after the season, I know they had a rough season last year. People said, hey, Based on what we did last year, it might be right. But do you think they'll finish higher than fifth in the East? I uh man, that East is rough. I, I think five I think five is, is more respectable than people giving it credit for because Kevin, it's hard to pick a team with a lot of unknowns. I don't know how they're gonna look on offense. I don't know what I don't know how complimentary the defense is gonna be. No, I think Coach Helen's gonna do an incredible job. You know, you're bringing in the offensive coordinator from, you know, from Western Kentucky. I mean, I get that part. But what you, what somebody at another school with different competition doesn't necessarily translate to where you're coming. Georgia Southern, to me, is real similar to Georgia Tech. I need to know how you're going to look on the offensive side of the ball before I can start saying how you're going to look as a team. Because just like, you know, a lot of years, that triple, Georgia Tech, oh, man, that's, that's outdated. <laughs> the results will say something different. Man, Georgia Southern, man, they still running the option. The results will say something different. And it's hard. And when you get away from it, you realize, well, this spread ain't what yeah, this spread ain't as easy as it looks. So because I don't know how they're gonna look, a big question mark, I would go with fifth. Now, if they had them two, I'll be like, oh, oh, do they know something I don't know? <laughs> but I think because I think what five does, Kevin, it makes it so that look, you hope you don't go down, but it's a lot of opportunity to move up a couple of slots. But I got to see it, because like I said. I can tell you two things. I know who the best play, conversation is. Play the, the disrespect card? Or the, uh, you hope so. Ke- Ke- and, Kevin, I know you love it. They're disrespecting us. No, like, I mean, I just say, I think it's overused. I mean, I was like, I, come on. Like, I, I will say this. I, the best P5 conference is the SEC. The best G5 is the Sun Belt. It's serious. Sun Belt football is top notch. So, because, you know, new coach, new scheme, new culture, new way of going about things, I got to see it. And I'm not – listen, Georgia Southern could come out here and just blow the doors off of people. They could. But uh, I don't know. App, they coming. You know, they got another team by 16, which I know they don't – you know, I don't know who – I ain't going to say who – who GSU, GSU. Call it what you want to <laughs> call it. You know, Coastal. And I, I, I think fifth is respectable because I just think that, Kevin, that's, that's just saying we know what y'all could be. But until the rubber meets the road, man, I, I can't do – it's like shoulda, coulda, woulda. We can do those things all day. But, Kevin, you know, until that prospect comes out there and, you know, shows what he, he can do, it's much to do about nothing. But, hey, Coach Heldon, you they, they respect you. They respect you as a head coach. But you but your team is another thing. You got to go You got to go out there and earn like everybody else. I feel like there's some somewhat of an advantage to at least knowing his personnel because uh, he came in so early, uh, been in the, in the process. I'm going to say they finish higher than fifth. Maybe just slightly uh, higher than fifth, but I do think there's going to be a couple. I think that's the goal in year one, Ben. Exceed expectations. Yep. Beat somebody you're not supposed to beat. Yep. Right. And, 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 you know, the, the put them on notice game. Right. Hey, we're rolling around. Oh, this is going to. Oop. Hey, we did not see Georgia Southern beating team, whoever it is. Uh, App State. We did not see like whoever it is beat somebody you weren't supposed to beat 
And I think, uh, you know, Got to earn that trust. Georgia bowl game. I think you'll be off to a uh, really good start if you're Clay Hilton. Well, Kevin, you know this. There are certain there are certain fan well, fan base. All fan bases care. I'm I'm not saying that, but there are certain fan bases that use this word called uh, accountable. And Georgia Southern fan base is one of those fans. They are because they want to get back to being one of the top dogs in the Sun Belt. They don't want to be competing for you know third and fourth. No man, we're trying to host a Sun Belt championship game or at least you know be in a Sun Belt championship game. Because the thing about it is, is if not, Kevin, you know, it's like everybody, you can, look, the head coach of a team when you just got there, it's like the the backup quarterback. You can do no wrong. But once you get out there and they can see it, hey, man, they breaking down. Forget every game. They're breaking down every quarter. Man, we could have got this third, because that's football nowadays, so. Welcome, listen, welcome, listen, welcome to the social media uh, driven <laughs> world we live in. But Coach had to understand, because like I said, Kevin, he was the first big domino to fall. I thought he was going to stay, stay P5. For him to be at Georgia Southern, he, he knows something we don't. But that tradition in Georgia Southern, just like, you know, a lot of other teams in this state, you can't run from that. Let's see, let's see, right. let's see, let's see if he's going to add to it. Or, or that seat is already hot. That's right. Hey, that's take three. We do it each and every day. This time we'll come back. Fred Owens will join us. We're talking Braves baseball with him next. It is three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back. Here it is three and out. Kevin and Ben, thanks for making us a part of your day. Braves and the Phillies coming up a little bit later tonight. Uh, ben, as Braves lose last night, about a week out from the trade deadline uh, as well. And we'll see what moves Alex Anthopoulos has up his sleeves. Uh, reports he's inquired about getting Jock Peterson back. So we'll have to wait and see. As we effort uh, Fred Owens here, Tom take. we'll chat with him here hopefully in just a moment. Kevin, 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 if the legend returns, right? <laughs> I mean, the thing about Jock Peterson, Kevin, let, let's face it. I mean, he's a legend in, in Braves uh, history no matter what. Obviously helping, you know, what, what, he was a part of the big three, if you want to call him that last year, him, Solaire. And uh, you know Rosario, and uh, just just bringing the looseness to the to the team. I look, fellas, like I've been on bad teams, so you know at the end of the day, you know hopefully we bring back Jock. If he, if he does if he doesn't find himself in another Braves uniform, man, you know wish him the best. But I would love to have him back. And we shall see. Joining us here from Tomahawk Tate, good friend of the show, Fred Owens joins us. Fred, welcome. How are you? Oh, I'm chasing my tail here, trying to make a flight to Georgia. So what's up, gang? Hey, we are doing fantastic. Uh, who else might be catching a, a flight to Georgia potentially here as we're a, a week out from the trade deadline? Does Alex Anthopoulos have uh, any more you know aces up his sleeve? Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, start off with the hard question, why don't you? Uh, I think, you know, there are some options out there. Uh, you know, you could talk about a guy like Anthony Santander from, from Baltimore, um, left fielder, switch hitter, having a really good season in Baltimore would kind of fill in that gap out there. Uh, needs to sort of be a, a, a guy who can play the outfield every day uh, so that we can, uh, you know, move people around. It would help if he was center field capable, but there aren't too many of those around. The Phillies will tell you they've been turned on every, over every rock to get one. Uh, you might get a guy, um, just somebody who's off the bench. You might get somebody like Tony Kemp, who's uh, capable of second base and, and the outfield. He doesn't have much power, but he's a, he's a good defender. Uh, but it's, I'll tell you what, the pickings are pretty slim out there for quality corner outfielders. Uh, Solaire is injured with the Dodgers. Uh, he doesn't have back spasms again. And 
you know, quite often bringing people back, uh, expecting the same magic, it just really doesn't work. Uh, if the Giants were to fall out of it, I could see Jock Peterson coming back, but I don't think the Giants are going to sell. Uh, and I don't know that they would move Jock anyway because he seems to like it there. So, you know, you're talking about somebody like um, Anthony Santander or you know, maybe uh, one of the uh, Oakland guys, uh, Piscotti, or one of those guys. And, Fred, how much how much pressure has a guy like Alex Anthopoulos put on himself? Like, obviously, what happened last year – I, I I don't remember ever happening in baseball or any sport there is at at the trade deadline. But do he, does he have to be aggressive at the trade deadline, or if there's nobody out there, can't he say, "Look, we 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 went out there, we didn't see anybody that could help us." Does he have Does he have to indeed make a move? Well, you know, you know what he did last year is is really kind of unprecedented, and I think you know, uh, sitting alone, he would tell you that he was really really lucky that uh, three guys who have not traditionally been um, dependable batters all of a sudden came through for him at once. Uh, you know, Eddie, was, Eddie Rosario was a streaky guy with the Twins. They let him go because he was a streaky guy, and they had better players coming. Uh, Solaire's been up and down. Uh, I don't know that, you know, it's just, it's just he has to be aggressive in going out there and looking. But Alex isn't going to make a deal just to make a deal. In other words, he's not going to go grab somebody because that's the hot name on, on ESPN or, or Fox or, or any of the talk shows. He's going to find a deal he can live with. And if, it, if it's something he can live with that fits in the future plans, that's fine. Otherwise, a one-year uh, one year and the thanks for your effort deal is good as well. I don't know where he's going to look. We've been talking this over amongst the writers and, and going places, you know, uh, Andrew Benintendi is probably an option. But, again, a lot of play people are looking at Benintendi. In fact, Benintendi is a guy I've wanted for a couple of years. But um, whether he would actually be the guy now that uh, there's such a high profile. I mean, I saw the Yanks run on him, a couple other teams run on him, Padres maybe. Uh, you might pick up a guy like Tommy Pham off the Reds, uh, but he's not having a particularly great year. So it's just a question of looking and trying to read the tea leaves and finding out which player is is flying under the radar that that's actually available. Because some of these teams they just aren't going to trade anybody because they don't figure it's worth their while. So I, I you know it's hard to say who he'll get. I don't know. I expect him to go after somebody. Yes, I think he has to replace uh, Duvall. But who that what might be he might as well just give him a dark ward and blindfold me. Fred Owens, uh, Tomahawk Take joining us. Might Kirby Yates be the guy that comes in to solidify up the bullpen, or are there more moves than that that need to be made? Well, if Kirby Yates comes up and he's, he resembles Kirby Yates of, of 2019, he doesn't have to be lights out, shut down closer. Although, based on our closures lately, that would be a nice thing. He, he needs to be a dependable power arm that you stick out there and not worry about him going crazy. A lot of that's going to depend on his control, his ability to command the ball and place it where he wants it. Uh, if his stuff's back and his command's there, sure, he's the guy. If not, then you're, you're going to have to find somebody, I think. I don't think there's a power arm uh, in our right, a right-handed power arm in our bullpen that we can actually depend on, uh, you know, besides Jansen. And, and, boy, I don't know, he's been a little shaky lately. But everybody needs relief pitching. Uh, you know there are play, there are pitchers out there. Um, Efros from uh, the, the Cubs is a is a possibility. Finnegan in in, in Washington is a possibility. 
but uh, how much of an upgrade is going to be, I don't know. I think they'd really like Yates to be the guy, and they'll make a decision pretty soon. He's pitching this week, and uh, they'll know by the end of this week whether he's the guy or not. Ronald Acuna Jr. has been a guy that obviously we understand the talent. We understand the way he can do when he's been at his best. Hasn't hasn't really been his best a, a lot this season. I mean, uh, if he can if he can come around and start playing better, how much more does that make a guy like Alex Anthopoulos understand? I still got to make a move, but at least my superstar is making more key you no know, key contributions to, uh, on this squad. Well, I, I don't know. See, everybody gets the, got the wrong idea about Ian Anderson last year because he's so good in postseason. Postseason, but his command is his his command's been off this year. Uh, he's been leaving the ball with a fat part of the plate, and frankly, he's a guy who has to have a perfect command and location to make it work. Um, I I I wish I could see it that Alex Gordon was going to go out and get Juan Soto, but and, and theoretically we have the people to do that. But whether Washington would actually trade him in division, that's something else. Pitching is kind of rare. Everybody out there needs it, and nobody has much of it. And so it, it's expensive. I don't know, you know, again, I'd like to see him get a starter. It doesn't have to be a, a first, first, first division. It doesn't have to be Castillo or Montas or one of those guys. But, you know, a starter that you can bring in like Thor, for example, Zindergaard would be an ideal fit. For me, he can take innings uh, at the back. He doesn't panic over the, uh, over the game situation. And he's a better pitcher now than he used to be, although his fastball's down his location's better, and his slider's really good. So, you know, you get one of those guys in there, maybe that's enough. Um, I don't know. I, I just think they've got to do something in, in the rotation. Fred Owens, Tomahawk Take, joining us here on 3 and Out. And, Fred, what's kind of your take on Ronald Acuna? I know fans on Twitter, I don't even worry about that. But is this a, a guy that maybe not 100% recovered from that knee? What's kind of your thought on how he's played as of late, and is there a, a corner that you feel is about to get turned and he kind of returns to form? Well, I tell you what, I wish I had the answer to that. You know, nobody nobody wants this more than Ronnie wants this. He's he's, he's working on this every day, but sometimes, uh, sometimes you get all wrapped up in it and it gets in your head a little bit. And and I, I think, I don't know. See, I, I, I think that maybe he's taken his bat to the outfield with him a little bit lately. Um, and he's thinking about how he can get back, get back under. His timing is just off. He's he's on. He's not. He's hitting over over the ball. He's not hitting the ball square. Uh, he's hitting line drives, but no get, got no launch angle on him. And I think he's thinking so much about it that sometimes sometimes you just think too much, and it just becomes becomes a uh, becomes something you can't get rid of. Uh, he could. You know, he could wake up one morning and all of a sudden he can hit it again and hit it and get it again. I think he misses Ozzy a lot because Ozzy would be in his back pocket uh, and helping him out of this. And, and having Albie's not around, I think, bothers Ronnie a bit. Uh, maybe I'm projecting something, but it sure looks to me like he's a happier player when Ozzy's around. Uh, I just don't know. I think that he's, he's feeling the pressure a little bit to be the guy, and, and that bothers me because, you know, if, he, if he's thinking about the pressure, he's not going to be able to play at his best. And I think that's what we've seen lately. And, Fred, uh, when you think about this team and what they was able to do in June, uh, obviously carrying over uh, into the month of July, do you think it comes down to them winning the division this year, catching those Mets, and up winning the division for the fifth year in a row, or do you see themselves nestling into that, uh, that first wild card spot? Well, I think, I think winning the division has to be the priority. And, and I think that, you know, 
we need to we need to get up on top of them and stay with them the rest of the year. So yeah, winning the division has to be a priority. But if at some point it falls away, um, and we look at it and realistically say, well, we can't get there from here, then we have to make sure we solidify that that uh, number two spot and try to win as many games as we can in that race. It is important to have the home field advantage. Um, and of course, the other way around that's go out and take it away from whoever's got it. Uh, we we don't have that much trouble on the road this year. It's not like a couple of years ago we couldn't win on the road. I think that um, winning the division is front and center. I don't think Ryan Snitker or anybody on the staff is thinking about anything except overhauling the Met and putting them in the rearview mirror. Whether we can do that or not with uh, with Scherzer and coming Scherzer back and Degrom coming back, I don't know. Uh, they're a lot better team than they were last year, but they have their fallacies. They have their faults. Um, and I think he's going to aim for winning the division, and, um, you know, failing that, we'll be strong in second. Fred Owens, Tomahawk Take, joining us here on 3 Now. Fred, always a pleasure. Thanks so much. Well, take care, guys. Stay warm. Stay safe. I would think that he would want it that way, Kevin. And he understands now that he's earned the trust of everybody in the orgs. And not saying he didn't have it before, but give him a lot of credit. I mean, being being, I mean, you know, uh, you know, being a GM, he got to know that, look, I got to see what no one else sees. But and obviously the scouts are telling him, look, I'm telling you, they're saying Rosario, Peterson, Soler, are ba- they were having okay or bad season with the team that was on. This culture means, hey. If he catches fire, he can be this. And obviously, Kevin, you hope lightning strikes twice. But I think that, you know, you got you know, got to replace Duvall. You know, I mean, I, you can always add a pitcher. Always add, you know, you can add, you know. And I think that we forget. <clears throat> Ozzy, he, he's coming back here soon. Still doesn't help you out of left field. Ian Anderson, as he mentioned, hasn't been, hasn't been himself, you know, you know uh, lately. But I just think that if you win the division, everything got to come through the ATL. That helps out a lot, and I just think that now he's going to be more, you know, I mean, uh, not cautious, not the word I would use, but I think it's like, look, I got to be able to have a guy that can help us right now and blend in with this, with, you know, with this ball club, which shouldn't be hard, but I think he's earned But if Jock Peterson can come back to the ATL, man, we would definitely welcome back with yeah, open arms. I would be interested to see if they pull off that move. Apparently there's been interest uh, from the Atlanta Braves in trying to make that happen. We got more to come here on 3-9, including some breaking news out of the National Football League that, if you're a Falcons fan, you're probably not going to like. I'll just, I'll, I'll just say that. We'll come back. It's 3 and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back. Here it is, 3 and out. Kevin Thomas, he has been true. Ben, Falcons fans not going to like what I have to say now. Well, one, the Tampa Bay Bucks went out and made a move. So, we already are upset that Tom Brady's on, on the team. They've been to a Super Bowl Conference championship game, just enough Tom Brady. The Tampa Bay Bucks are signing seven-time Pro Bowl wide receiver Julio Jones and former Falcon to a one-year deal, according to ESPN. So Julio Jones, Falcons legend, will be in division playing with Tom Brady, trying to kick in the teeth. I, 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 don't I mean, know I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, Kevin. I mean, embarrassment of riches. It in, is. In Tampa it Bay. is. It goes to show you, right? The difference in teams that are going for it <clears throat> and teams that are rebuilding. There was some sources that said when Julio Jones first got let go by the Tennessee Titans, could could a Falcons reunion be out there? And they said, well, that's obviously over with now. 
When you think about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, what are they doing? They are investing in Tom Brady. Chris Godwin, re-signed. Mike Evans, under contract. <clears throat> Leonard Fournette, re-signed. Justin Gage, coming over from the Falcons. Kyle Rudolph, replacing, replacing uh, you know, Gronk. Now, Julio Jones. So let me get this straight. You can run out. You could run out Julio, Chris Godwin, <laughs> Kyle Rudolph, Leonard Fournette, and Mike Evans. Ooh, ooh. Well, A.J. Terrell, I mean, you can lock down one of them. Who's going to cover Chris Godwin? Who's going to cover Kyle Rudolph? I, Julio Jones seems to be a guy that wants to end his career on top. He wants to do all he can to try to get a Super Bowl, and he knows who's going to give me the best opportunity to win a Super Bowl. I don't know. A guy that's won seven of them. Seven. He's went to ten, and he won seven. <laughs> Come on, man. So, yeah, Kevin. That's I, not going to be a good side. I don't want to see Julio, Julio Jones. Listen, I'm not mad at Julio Jones. I, think when people I am. Act, I don't want to see. I'd rather I, have gone to Green listen, Bay. Listen, I, like I, I got, and I'm going to say this once again. Shout out to Roddy White. Go Why, play with Aaron Rodgers. Roddy White, at the end of his career with the Falcons, could have signed with the New Orleans Saints. He said, I'm going to retire. Roddy White is the GOAT. Because he could have he made some money, but he couldn't say. He said, I just, it just ain't in me to put on that black and gold, man. Yeah, I'm not going from one dome Fair to enough. another dome. But Julio was like, bump that. I'm going to Tampa Bay. And this is another reason why, right? Obviously, uh, because of the money situation in Atlanta, they had to move on from. That's sure. why we signed the whole 2021 recruit. I mean, the whole 2021 draft class. He goes to Tennessee, and, I mean, it didn't work out. Injury, injury, uh, riddle season. You know, I'm not going to play. For, I don't play for an aging superstar as long as he don't play like the aging part. I, the superstar I could take. It wasn't really – his cup of tea. He can go to Tampa and say, hey, man, I don't got to be the man. Like Mike Evans is younger than me. Chris Gowans is younger than me. Those guys are going to be, you know what, but I could be that number three. Maybe, maybe you know, I could be that, maybe a solid number two, depending on what happens. You said it, Kevin. I mean, the hey, richest. You're age at 33 for a receiver. That's, oh, you're, you're about at the end of the road. What, look, what, I mean, and look. In, in, I mean, unless in, your name's in, Larry uh, Fitzgerald. I, and I know people playing. like to hear this, but in football years, Julio the same age as uh, uh, Tom Brady. And, and <laughs> because, because one one has to run all the time. Julio runs every play. Every single play he's running, and he's big, he's explosive. Right? But the thing is, once again, Kevin, money ball. I'm not paying you, Julio, for the player you were. I'm playing you for what you got left. That's it. We'll need you to go over the top. But now and again, show a little, show a little, you know, show a little that old Julio. You ain't finna be running away from people. And yo, my, I'm finna run, sack, tack, tackle. You ain't, you, because Kevin, name a player that got faster as they got older. Usain Bolt? Well, he's the fastest man ever. That's it. Everybody's getting slower. Jerry Rice? I don't know. The fastest 40 you ever gonna run is when you coming out. I ain't got no kids, I ain't got no wife, I ain't got no bills. Let's get it. After that. <laughs> I ain't getting faster. Like, isn't that like somebody, yeah, man, when I was 30, I ran like a four, like a four six. When I was 40, I ran a four four. How? Like, that doesn't happen. So Julio, I guess, congratulations. Going out there with them bucks. But he's going to a place, Kevin, that he's not the focal point. He can just add, you know, to an offense that was already loaded. And if they, you know, so the only person that's mad now was Justin Gage. Like, thanks a lot, Julio. I mean, you know, I was gonna get some play PT, but Tom Brady. That Ty Bowles said, Tom, what you lacking? I mean, I, I, I can use another receiver. All right, we got you. 
Now think about it, Kevin, seven-time Pro Bowler, future Hall of Famer, one of the greatest they ever see. I'm getting it for the low low. One year. I'll take it. Well, I mean, there's a lot of people that'll hop on that Tom Brady train if they, if they think they can get a ring it's out gonna of it. Some, it's going to be some net. Now, we had, now we have that Tennessee, you know, uh, uh, two-tone blue. I thought you look, used to look good. Yeah, I'm biased. Well, that was the the, the thought. But that between pewter, him, but and a, that, between but, him and AJ Brown, you're like, oh, we're just gonna out physical. Yeah, everybody. yeah. Now, 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 but now, oh, Kevin, now, now, hold, hold on, no. Mm-hmm. This is what people ain't saying. Mike Evans, what six four six five? Julio, what six two six three? Looking real similar to them Falcons. Only difference is players that you know what, what type of you, what you can expect <laughs> from them. The other players are just tall. Right now, Brian Edwards, Alden Tate, you know Cordell Patterson, uh, you know Drake London. So. Is that a little, you know, and Julio kind of wants to do this, Kevin. You know, Steve Smith Jr., he leaves Carolina. He goes to Baltimore because he looked at the schedule, saw the Carolina Panthers. Right. Well, Julio knows I'm going to get them Falcons twice. Y'all think I ain't good enough no more? <laughs> All right, let's see. Is there that much of it? Because, uh, it, it, well, it, it, because I think the Falcons yeah, yeah, let him go yes, because yes, of the money situation. Yes, not because no, no, no. no. Yeah, yes and no. Yes, because Kevin, come on, Kevin, you know how it is. Kevin, if there's a team that, you know, you you a baseball player, they, say, they you heard the scout play, they say, yeah, man, he's not really our cup of tea. You go to another team, you're like, hey, we playing who? Yeah, I ain't even, even see that. Yeah, I did. And I'm trying to go yard on them. Because it's motivation. <laughs> I understand that, but I don't feel like it was a bad breakup. No, no, Falcons no, 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 no. I, I understand maybe you want to put up some good numbers, but, like, the, the Falcons got rid of him because he, was, he cost too much. A lot. Not because they didn't think he could still play. No, no, no. A lot. It cost a lot, and when it came time to get in that end zone, I mean, you know, so we'll see. But shout out, to, you know, shout out to Julio Jones. Like I said, he's trying to get the last year or so left in his career, and he's still a big enough draw to be able to go to a team like Tampa, to where I don't have to be a focal point. I think the problem was last year with the with the Titans. They expected him to be something he wasn't. Like, yeah, man, you a good player, but I'm an aging player. And you know, AJ Brown. I mean, he's what 24, 25. Julio, thirty three. So. Julio went through college. Julio could have went through college twice, and AJ Brown still <laughs> wouldn't have played with him. You see what I'm saying? So I, I I understand it, but shout out to Julio Jones, man, trying to trying to. And another thing too, Kevin, if he don't work out, oh, all that. Look, man, if you don't work out, we can always let you go. That that's the thing. That's the thing about the one you did that people don't like. You talking about that language? Hey, man, we'll give you a little something, something. But if it ain't working out, and your key don't work on on, on Monday, come come. <laughs> I saw that and I was like. As if the Falcons uh-huh. didn't have enough of uh-huh. problems. Come on, man. Now, if Antonio Brown, Brown signed with the Falcons, we got a problem. <laughs> he gonna sign with the Falcons. He's not. He's, walk, he's, walk, he's walking around with uh, with leather jumpsuits on, uh, doing video, doing uh, doing music. He he's a music mogul now. He does music. And Kevin, when I show you the video in, in during the break, you are gonna be like, "What's wrong with Antonio Brown?" Exactly. <laughs> What's wrong with him? Out there looking Other like Eddie Murphy off the wall. Played in the league. What's wrong? No, no. What, what, what it is, Kevin? No, you go from football. You're supposed to go from football to broadcasting or home. Not football to when. I mean, hot as it is, it's hot everywhere right now in the South. He got on a leather long jacket and pants, dancing. I'm gonna show it to you. You gonna be like, what's wrong? It's crazy. It's crazy. You're not buying the album though. Is that what uh, you're no, hell no. <laughs> we got more to go. It's three and out of the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. It is three and out here on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Uh, ben Braves and the Phillies coming up uh, tonight. We are about a week out from the trade deadline, so we'll see what Alex Anthopoulos has up his sleeve. If anything, obviously he's reached out about you know Jock Peterson, 
and some others, but obviously made a big splash in the latter stages of July last year. A lot of people, I guess, expecting the same from a Braves team that's a game and a half out behind uh, the Mets here in the East. Kevin, I mean, should we expect anything otherwise? Big, big, because last year was just a culmination of three years of doing, you know, putting, you know, building a team, building a culture. You was able to put it together. Because once again, if if the team that's already in place isn't put together, Jock Peterson, you know, Rosario Soler, you know, it'll be much to do about nothing. They was a, Kevin once again. They said, "Hey, man, we really get to drive this Ferrari." Yeah, just don't wreck it, and they didn't wreck it, right? And that's what happens when you come to a team to where I don't got to be the guy. I'm just a piece. I'm not the piece. What they say, if I can't be the man, I could just be one of the men that's there. And, Kevin, because of last year, people say, hey, man, you need a whole season. No, you need, to, you, need to, you need to have some moments of brilliance. And Rosario, Peterson, Kevin, is there a better moment? Soleil hit the home run, looks, looks to the side and say, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Thank God you were here, sir. We 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 miss you, but Miami, but but Miami did not get the same player that the no. Braves got. Definitely, no, no, not at all. And uh, again, we'll see what he has up his sleeve. Alex Anthopoulos plays this thing close to the chest. That's why you see all this stuff. It's like, hey, he's going after Jock. Going out. We didn't know anything about Soler till it broke. Jock Peterson. It was Alex Anthopoulos coming out. It's like, hey, we've made a move. How many people saw Matt Olson coming? Zero. Even in spring training, people were saying, well, if the Braves don't re-sign Freddie, these are the possibilities that are out there. And all of a sudden, Alex says, oh, by the way, we, we, we traded for Matt Olson. Oh, by the way, on the plane ride from Arizona and uh, Cactus League to here, we got Matt uh, an eight-year deal. You did what now? Like, that was kind of one of those things where people were like, okay, so you didn't get Freddie, but you got Matt Olson, and you got him in it. Alex Anthopoulos has a way of surprising people. And I feel like he plays things very close to the vest, Ben. And to project or predict what Alex Anthopoulos is going to come out with here in the next week, who knows? I feel like there's some moves that we can speculate on. But I feel like since Alex Anthopoulos has been the GM, moves have been speculated on. Deals have been speculated on. And usually they don't happen. And it's something else. And you go, well, I never saw that coming. And you were so quiet about it, Alex. We didn't have time to get upset about it. Yep. We didn't even have time to go, what are you doing? Yep. You just did it, and you're like, okay, we'll see what happens. John Peterson worked. Rosario worked. Jorge Siller worked. Can you get a similar deal on the cheap here at the trade deadline and, and have it work out uh, the way it did a year ago? Yes, Kevin, and the reason why he can get a deal on the cheap is because you know what he's offering? What? A winning team. A team that matters. It used to be, hey, we are, we are a team that could compete for a World Series. No, we are the defending World Series champs. You want to come over here with us? That's the best bargaining chip I think you have. Alex Anthopoulos goes, yeah, is Ronnie really that good? Yep. Is Matt Olsen really a double machine? Yep. Does Austin Riley really go? Yep. Yep. Yep, 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 across the board. And we got bling over here. You want to be a part of this? Well, I think, I, I think he's been able to find value where a lot of people didn't see it. Uh, it's it's yeah. almost like it's almost like because he knows what he's not working with with the money. Hey, hey man, somebody called. Hey man, he's looking for thirty. Hey, uh, you got the wrong. You got the <laughs> wrong area code. Who's, because, who's this? You better come down on that. Price. Josh Donaldson is the is the highest paid Brave for one season. That's yeah. all you got to know in Braves history. And they let him go. Didn't, I mean, he didn't come back after that. Uh, we got more to come. Final hour. It is three. Now we lead you up to Braves and Phillies all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. 
Final hour of three and out. Kevin and Ben leading up to the Braves and the Phillies. Game two. Braves a game and a half behind the Mets in the East. So, chance to maybe take one back with Spencer Strider on the mound tonight for the Atlanta Braves. But our next guest, we joins, who joins us every Tuesday, we always talk golf with him here on the show. Host of the Back Nine Boys Golf Show, Rich Stiles joins us. Rich, how's it going? It's going great, guys. Appreciate you coming on and and joining us, uh, Rich. I understand you played a hundred holes of golf yesterday. Why would you do that? It was for the first tee of the Golden Isles. They were raising money, so you get sponsorships. And there were about twenty uh, men and women playing, and uh, they raised enough money to start a middle school program under the first tee of the Golden Isles. It was a great event. Uh, kind of a long day, but, um, you know, I got in a few holes there. I was going to say, Rich, I, I did the math, and that's always scary when you ask me to do math, but that's like, what, five and a half rounds of golf? Did you even care what you shot, or did you just wheel the old uh, golf cart up there and hang the seven iron out and give it a, give it a shot? Well, uh, you do care a little bit, and then as you get towards the end, you don't care. All you care about is that you hit the ball. Don't really, you don't really care where the ball goes. <laughs> You're just I mean, trying to get done. Rich, I mean, obviously you talk about a great cause. Uh, you know, congratulations uh, raising the money to be able to start a middle school uh, program. But what, as you mentioned, towards the end, I mean, what did the end look like, Rich, when you finally got to the final back nine, or whatever, like <laughs> – did you have how much energy did you have left? And the most important, more importantly, how did you spend your day to day? Well, uh, two questions. I'm going to try and remember both of those, Ben. Uh, the first question is: at the end, uh, you just don't really care. You're just trying to get through it, knowing you've got nine holes left. You start counting down by ones or twos, depending upon um, how you're counting at that particular time. Being hydrated was a key issue, um, and uh, how I uh, handled today, I actually went out and played 18 holes today. Rich, you are uh, you are a trooper. I, I got to say, I I for me, as bad as I am when I have played in the past, if I would have played like hurry up golf, I probably would have done better than if I just actually went out there and tried. Like I think the the best 18 would have probably been that that third group of 18 where it's like, all right, I'm just trying to hit the ball. I don't even care. I probably would have shot my best score in that middle 18. Well, and that's the, that's the key. I mean, you really aren't supposed to really care what you shot, even though some people did keep score, and I actually did for a couple rounds. But the point is, is that you don't worry about your swing. You don't worry about you just look at the yardage. You look at the club that you normally hit. You just get up over the ball and it takes a lot of the thoughts out of your head that you normally would take when you play only 18. And you're saying, oh, my gosh, there's water, there's a tree, there's da-da-da, there's this in the way, uh, there's a house, there's a window. Really, You really don't care at that point. All you're trying to do is just hit the ball and, and, and then go to the next shot. So it's really, I think, a, a good way to play, and it's a good way to try and train your mind just to look at the shot, look at your target, get over it, and hit it. <clears throat> training your mind is one thing, Rich. Training your body is another thing. How long does it take to play five and a half rounds of golf? Well, uh, I was by myself, so I was in a cart by myself, so it was uh, much faster. Some guys uh, were two in a cart, which I think would slow it down a little bit. 
But um, we started about 7.15, and I got done about a quarter to four yesterday. That's a long afternoon, Rich. But uh, looking ahead on the uh, on the PGA Tour, how do they handle the next month? Obviously, it's been the summer of PGA versus Live. The Live is, uh, you know, obviously out there. Now you're leading up to the PGA Championship in the next month. How do you think uh, the PGA Tour and company kind of navigate the the, the, the publicity scene, if you will, for the next month leading up to the Tour Championship? Well, I'm not sure that Liv is going to go away as far as social media and a lot of the writers, and there's still going to be questions. There's now rumors of other players going, uh, you know, as many as uh, three to six players. Uh, some, you know, well-known names, some not so well-known, but, but the point of the matter is now we're uh, coming up with, you know, two, three events left. And uh, Detroit, and then you got the Wyndham up in uh, Greensboro, North Carolina, uh, and then you got the playoffs. So now it's 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 crunch time. I mean, it's where you want to try and get into the top 125 in order to begin the playoffs. Then it's a cut down to 70. Then it's a cut down to 30. For the Tour Championship at East Lake. So now it's uh, you know your pedal to the metal or or metal to the pedal, whatever you say, and 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 you're just trying to trying to make that 125 to get into the first playoff event, and then you're trying to make it to the second. And getting from 125 to 70 for that second is tough. It really is dependent upon how well you play and how badly 49 other people play. So, you know, the main thing that you want to do is get your card for next year, and that's what the top 125 are going to strive for. And, Rich, due to kind of when those guys started dropping out, like the the, the live guys are done for the playoffs, right? Uh, oh yeah, I mean uh, they're they're that's all PGA playoffs and uh, they're done. They're not going to be in it. And uh, now it's just uh, okay. Who's next? And how much are they going to get? I mean, there's been so many rumors out there, and there's been so many stories out there. Uh, most of them are unfounded, but you know, one of the stories is that Live offered NBC three hundred million dollars for the what was the Golf Channel. And then another report that they offered Hideki Matsuyama, who was the Masters winner, $400 million to play on the Live Tour. So, I mean, there's an, an, just an, an enormous amount of uh, funds out there for them to, to play with. And you say, well, they're not going to do that. Well, they've got enough money to do whatever they want. And right now they're not worried about making back any kind of investment. So it's... It's really a strange world out there where money is the main object at this point. How much can I get in the shortest period of time? And, Rich, how surprised were you last week? And I was uh, in a rush today, and I'm forgetting his name off the top of my head. The, uh, the captain of the uh, Ryder Cup team for the, uh, the Europeans just was, was the captain. Basically, he's like, nope, I'm giving that up. Uh, I know the Ryder Cup's later, but I'm giving that up. I'm moving on. How surprised were you that that happened? Well, I was a little bit surprised. Hendrick Stenson is who you're trying to remember, and uh, yes. I'm, I'm surprised that he would let the Ryder Cup captaincy. A lot of players strive to be able to be in the discussion to be chosen as a Ryder Cup captain. It's, it's really an honor to be chosen. And, uh, you know, when you take that captaincy and you kind of throw it out the window and then look at the money that you're going to get, uh, you know, he could have waited and gone after the Ryder Cup and at least done his country uh, right by following through on what he committed to last year. 
so I was disappointed in the fact that he that he did it at this time, that he has to resign as the Ryder Cup captain, which I think is the right thing to do. Uh, but I think he may have thought that maybe they would still let him be Ryder Cup captain. Uh, but uh, I'm actually glad that they didn't. Uh, now there's uh, rumors of who it's going to be. Uh, at, at this point, uh, there's not much to do until the fall or beginning of next year for the Ryder Cup for 2023. So, uh, again, I was disappointed that he, that he even did it and had to resign his Ryder Cup captaincy. And Rich, I mean, I know I ask you seemingly this every uh, every other week now. As long the, the Live Tour is not going away, obviously the PGA Tour is. I mean, that's that's what everybody uh, respects. At what point do you think they the two the two the two uh, the two entities sit down and say, okay, how can we potentially make this thing work? Because obviously we got the name and the prestige, and obviously y'all got an unlimited wealth of funds. How can we bridge this gap? I'm not sure it's going to happen, Ben. I'm, I don't think they'll ever uh, work together. Uh, I can tell you they, they will not work together as long as Greg Norman is involved with the Live Tournament uh, just because of the background of over 35 years. He seems to be trying to, to uh, uh, bring down the PGA Tour and all the other tours and, uh, and get whatever players he can to commit. I think, you know, he... He's putting a notch on his belt, I think, each time he gets somebody. Uh, but I, I do not see them uh, working together for a lot of reasons. Um, and uh, I had a guy on my show on last Saturday uh, that, that really believed that uh, Greg Norman, in the near future or within a year, will not be with Live uh, Commissionership anymore. Um, and uh, there will have to be somebody else who is going to be able to have a better name, not be fighting to, you know, for a grudge and, uh, and, and maybe do it for better reasons. But at this time, I do not see the PGA Tour and the Live Tour coming together and try and figure out a way how they can work together. Why, why do you think Norman would be out? Just age or what, what, what makes you say that? Uh, he's not well-liked. Um, I mean, he's very arrogant. Um, and um, I, I just think that he's, he's out for Greg. I think he's out for the wrong reasons at this point. He's out to see what he can do to uh, to hurt the PGA Tour based on what happened when he tried to start a golf tour 30-some-odd years ago. Uh, and Tim Tinsham, the then commissioner of the PGA Tour, said, no way, it's not going to happen. And the answer is no. And uh, uh, so um, I'm, I'm just not sure that, uh, that Greg is the guy to lead live into whatever future they have. Rich Stiles, host of the Back Nine Boys Golf Show, our guest here on 3 and Out. Rich, appreciate the time. Okay, guys. Thank you. And please pass the sunscreen. <laughs> we'll do it. You can hear Rich Saturday and Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. And, hey, after 100, 100 holes of golf, uh, yeah, you probably need uh, plenty, plenty of, uh, of that sunscreen. But it's going to be interesting to watch that uh, play out as the, as the golf world turns, as, as the case may be. we got a lot to get to coming up. Jags at training camp. The Falcons veterans coming to training camp. Their first uh, practice coming up on Friday. We'll get to that and more. It's three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here on three and out. Training camps opening up uh, around the NFL. Falcons veterans back at it, uh, or at least reporting today. Uh, ben, when, when do you report versus actually start doing something? I know their first practice is on Friday. So what if you're a veteran, what are you doing? 
Well, it's Tuesday. You don't practice till Friday. What are you doing? The first, well, I think a lot of times, too, you want to get acclimated quick because once uh, a lot of guys get in early so they can go ahead and get that conditioning desk, like done with. And um, you want to get you, you're trying to get your mind right. So a lot of guys are they, they in the film room, they out there running. Uh, they are, and sometimes it's not as if, like, when you hear the veterans arrive, if I arrive with the rookies, they're going to let me, you know, jump in and do some work. So, you know, uh, full disclosure, if, if I have to be there on Friday, Benjamin is there on Friday. I, I, <laughs> I wasn't one of those players because I know, Kevin, that once it – training camp is a whirlwind. It's like, it's like once it starts, it doesn't stop because you got to practice. You got meetings, practice, try to get some sleep, back to practice again. You know, it's like it, it never, ever stops. So I respect those players that, uh, that come in early. But now, now real football is starting. No, you know, I know they're going to do a bunch of I, – I know now they do a better job of protecting the players. I don't want to do this back when I played stuff. But that hitting every single day, that's out. That's over with. Because <clears throat> when it comes to, quote, mental health or trying to take care of the players, they're trying to make sure that the best players make it to Sunday. You, Kevin, a game, I'm sorry, but it's bad enough that when the Saints play the Falcons, you got Jameis Winston versus Marcus Mariota, Right. No more Drew Brees and Tom Brady and all these different things. So you want to make sure that the best players, a.k.a. the ones that, that, that sell the tickets, are at the stadium you know, on Sunday. But training camp is serious now. Make no mistake about it. You're going to get plenty of reps. And for those veterans that say in year 12, 13, like, uh, like Andre Whitworth when he was with the Rams, he didn't practice during the week. So training camp for him was more just staying in shape. Hey, man, I know what I'm doing when I'm out there. I, I didn't make it that long in my career, so I, I'm practicing every single day. You gotta, it's called football legs. You got to get your football legs under you. But whatever you did or didn't do in the offseason, it's going to show. If you're out of shape, it's going to show. If you've been sitting around just, you know, eating good, feeling good, it's going to show. And it's a bad look because, for one, please, please, please don't fail your conditioning test. When I was with the Titans, how we used to do our conditioning test was like this. Everybody got to do, uh, you know, you got, you, got to do, you got to do these 300-yard shuttles. Now, if you showed up to the off-season workouts, you get to go 50 yards and back. So that's three times up and back. That's, th- that's 300 yards. Huh. If you didn't show up to off-season programs, you got to do, you got to do 25 yards and back. So now you're going from three times to six times. And for those of you who say, oh, man, that couldn't be that big of a It is huge. Because how they do your conditioning test, you do it back-to-back. You got to do, you got to do 300-yard shuttles in under a minute. So that first one, you <laughs> go. You're going 50. Boom, boom. You're feeling nice. And this the thing. The other groups are going in front of you. And the time it takes you to go, man, that, hand on the line. And this is, this is the thing. That second one, while you feel like you're running as fast that that last turn, it's like, bro, this is all adrenaline. This is all momentum. But you don't want to be the one that they say, oh, 61, you just missed it. We'll give you a minute and you can try it again. The worst hell no come to my mind. <laughs> so, I, so I just think that for me, Kevin, if you are a veteran, act like it. You're going to start seeing why Tom Brady, uh, Aaron Donald, Aaron Rodgers, the best players are the best players because they don't come in out of shape. They don't because they don't want any reason for the because you are a reflection of the GM, the head sure. coach, your position. You don't want you don't want to do that. 
Aaron, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, even though he's he's tucking in his wife beat, he's, it looked like a photo <laughs> shoot. Like he's like he's getting out the car with his little bag. Like I've never understood why guys come to training camp holding a bag. You could go home. What you got a bag for? But uh, rookies, find you someone who is willing to bring you under their wing and show you the ropes. That is so important. I saw a video today of Cam Jordan uh, of the Saints doing a doing a video showing you know uh, 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 pass pass rushing uh, uh, Russian pass rushing techniques, and I see Calais Campbell, I see Max Crosby, I'm seeing the big names. And I said this, you have arrived as a football player when I can tell you what I do. When I can tell you what I do, I have arrived. Because that's how confident I am in my ability. I don't care that the O-line can see this. They still got to stop me. That's, that's what I love about football. When I'm watching Travis Kelsey talking to Kyle Pitts. Because Kyle Pitts, like, because Travis going, bruh, yeah, you chasing me. So no matter what you do, it's been done already. Yeah, you're the first rookie to go over 1,000 yards. I'm the first tight end to go five straight years, over 1,000, with touchdowns and a Super Bowl. So that, that's what football is becoming is tight end you, you know, even though tight end started it. So when he's DNU <laughs> and all, y'all boys get to fall. No, but it, it's a great time, though, Kevin, because I want to see how much better I've gotten as a football player, and I want to prove I belong. That, that, that's all training, Kevin. You got to prove you belong. If not, don't steal because – um. I can't remember his name. Uh, running back out there with Seattle, I think only been in the league like five years, just announced his retirement. It ain't for everybody. So, right. hey, man. And, and look, and again, the Falcons will be back at it. Jags have already been at it. Trevor Lawrence apparently looking good. Josh Allen talking about just the difference and said, hey, we have, a, we have a professional locker room this year. We didn't have that last year. Nope. And how much of a difference do you think that makes really? I mean, uh, it been at the end of the day. Obviously, it was a office distraction. If you were, you call the locker room the office. It was a distraction with everything that Urban Meyer did. Now, if you had Doug Peterson all year last year versus Urban Meyer, are you winning more games? No, I'm, I'm, I'm asking. I'm I, like, if you, you take know, all you, that away and you say, hey, we just have Doug Peterson last year instead, is that Jags team winning five games? May, are they winning six games? Maybe. My point being, Urban Meyer's gone. You have players say we have a professional locker room. They're treating us like men. We have a professional environment. We show up to work in every day. It's a whole completely different ball game. Does that translate to wins? Does it, that translate to the Jags winning six games? It I, could. It could, Kevin, because this is the thing. The main thing when it comes to sports is to eliminate every distraction. Not some of them. All of them. One of the biggest distractions is our head coach. Like, he's the biggest distraction. He's talking trash to the players. He's talking trash to the assistant coaches. He kicking people. He tripping. Like, he really, really is losing his mind. And, Kevin, it's like this. Um, you, you, you've been in radio long enough to know how it used to be compared to how it is now. <laughs> back in my day. Yeah, back, but, but, what happens is, <laughs> but what happens is, just imagine, though, just imagine if you went, just imagine if you said, yeah, man, if, when you first got in the radio, your radio station is outside under, 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 under a, a tarp. <laughs> Oh God! And listen, listen. Hey, welcome to three. Oh, 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 like, but that's what you do every day. Then all of a sudden, somebody brings you in the studio. You're like, whoa! This what y'all? This way y'all work? Yeah. And, and, and you know what they gonna say? Ain't this how your studio look? You like, uh, no. Last year, Let when it came say to I've the, never had a had a had to broadcast as a quote studio under a tarp. I've never. Oh, wait, had wait, to, well, I've think, never think about the Jags though. The Jags. This is my first year in the NFL. This is my first job. Right. And my head coach is a nut. 
Like seriously, like Urban Meyer. And I'm putting it nicely. I probably I, I, I am. I am. I, I will say this. When's the last time a quarterback said, "Man, this is a professional locker room"? What? Like guys, come, like here you go. The worst place to be as a professional is to show up to work and not know what to expect. I should know. I know we're gonna be in meetings. I don't know what they're gonna say. I got assistant coaches giving my head coach a side eye. I got an assistant coach telling the running backs coach not to put in James Robinson because Carlos Hyde played for me at Ohio State. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> this ain't Ohio State. That's the coach over there, man. And I think that's the thing, though. You got to learn how to be a professional. I got drafted, so I'm a pro. I got to learn how to be a professional. Well, if the guy that's showing me don't know how to be a professional, what is that going to mean for me? So, I don't know if it leads to more wins, but the more comfortable I am at work, the better I perform doing it. And on Sunday, hopefully you'll get this. Doesn't mean they're going to win, but am I giving my best foot forward when I'm getting ready to run in as freaking James Robinson? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Carlos. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 hey, here you go. Hey, fellas, fellas, before we begin, yeah, who's number 99 for the Rams? What? <laughs> who's number 99? He looks pretty good. And he like this. Oh, you know who he is? And he like this. Is this a joke? Yeah. That's like saying, I don't know, who's number 12, you know what I'm saying, for Green Bay? Aaron Rodgers. Is, is he good? I'm like, <laughs> that's what I'm saying, Kevin. It's like, it's like, it's like. Some, I mean, I, I think certain things, you just had to be there. That's what it was for them. Bro, when I'm out the league and I no longer try, I can talk about, because the one thing you got to learn, too, is I don't really want to talk too bad about what happened because I'm still – in this industry. I mean, Josh Allen, leader of the defense, saying, look, it's completely different. I can only imagine what Trevor Lawrence or, is saying. Or, 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 or if I'm Josh Allen, I'm, I'm, I'm asking the media. Y'all had an interview him last year, right? Yeah. Is it different? <laughs> when you're talking to Doug, is it different? And, and that's the thing. If you are Josh Allen, I got more stripes on the wall than my head coach. Like, I'm better at what I do than what he done. Now, I'm respecting because his position. You're talking about Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer. Jackson. And I'm just saying, we go from before – Urban Meyer becomes the head coach. Whoa, that's crazy. Chris Doyle, already starting. Tim Tebow, what? You know what I'm saying? Tom Coughlin. It was just a lot. It was just a lot. So I, I just think that I'm happy for them Jags because as a guy that played for three organizations, the Titans weren't like the Bucs. The Bucs weren't, like weren't like the Raiders. But you know what made me appreciate the Titans? The Bucs. Because the Bucs was different. Like, man, we go from, I mean, the Bucs got a chef and all kind of stuff. I'm like, you know, nice. And I go to the Raiders. And I'm not talking about the Las Vegas Raiders that they that they that they, you know, uh they they stadium look like the what what the, the dark star. Well, I don't even know what you call this thing. I'm at the Raiders to where they literally, literally have fruit on the ground. And I'm like, hey, what is that, man? Get you one of them apples, one of the bananas. The bananas that done gone from yellow to black and the freaking apples that look rotten. Yeah, <laughs> bro, get you one of them. What the hell? So, Kevin, all I'm saying is the environment in which you perform in has a lot to do with how you perform. Because if it's chaos Monday through Friday, and on Sunday, you know, Urban Meyer coming up to you, you're like, what's wrong? I don't know. You're going to kick me? What? what, what it's, it's crazy. It's, that stuff has a lot to do with it because I'm just, Kevin, and not to compare, you've been to a five-star hotel. Does it, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm, oh, half of it. I'm just saying. <laughs> does it look like a one-star hotel? <laughs> I've been in plenty of one-stars. Listen, 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 all I've I'm saying, in, I've been in a bunch of one stars Shout out to the one-stars. I'm just saying, Kevin, you know, once you went to a hotel and somebody said, Kevin, yeah. we're going to fly you and, and the missus and the kids, you're going to say, man, just stick us in coach and give us anything. No. <laughs> I, 
we're going to give you five star. Uh, well, last year, they was in coach. <laughs> they was in the one star hotel. This year, this is how it really is, fellas. Treating y'all as grown men first, professional second. I'm not going to come in here like I'm Doug Peterson. This, that's Urban Mike act like he coming off a Super Bowl run. Dude, you didn't even make it the whole year. <laughs> that's crazy, man. No, that's look, I, but I, I wonder how much just real on the field impact that could have when, yeah. I mean, Trevor Lawrence last year's like dumb. This is nuts. Like it's like you said, it's it's it was a wild thing to show up every single day to work, not knowing what was going to happen. And I imagine that is a little bit unnerving. Uh, and we'll see if you get the stability of Doug Peterson if he really takes because he didn't play bad last year he didn't. despite all that. He didn't. He didn't. What can he do with a little stability with Doug Peterson? I mean, Doug Peterson came here and goes, Trevor, I won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Come on, <laughs> right? Like I'm. Oh, who did I beat? Oh, we beat Tom Brady. We beat the GOAT. With Nick Foles. Oh, no, no. What he, should, no, no, what he, what he and, should do is this. He, say, he should say, put it up. Put what up? Fellas, this is the outside of Philadelphia Eagles Stadium. And that is a statue of Nick Foles. <laughs> what? Nick Foles has a statue in Philadelphia. And for those of you who don't know, statues, unless something crazy happens, that's forever. Yeah. They might put one up if we win one. So, you know, Trevor, oh, tre- yeah, exactly. if you want one of those, holler at your boy. <laughs> <laughs> Statues are us. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying when you look, not, not listen, listen, not Randall Cunningham, not Donovan McNabb, not, 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 uh, not Mike Vick, Nick Foles. That's for life. I'm just saying because you're talking about legacy builder. Bruh, was, is that Philadelphia only Super Bowl ever? That's their first, that's their only Super Bowl. Last time I checked. The Jags, like 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 so many like a couple of teams in the NFL, last time I checked, never won a super duper, never been to one. Been right? a couple of AFC champions. So all I'm it. saying is Blake Bortles and a defense <laughs> and, 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 and Leonard Fournette almost got them there. Who they I'm just saying, people, trust trust in Doug Peterson, who is a very, 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 very short list of Super Bowl winning coaches. We've got more to come as we lead you up towards Braves and Phillies. Tonight it is three and out all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network.